0: Alright, welcome to episode 5 of the Hagen's Alley Books Podcast. Uh, We're going to be shooting the shit here and actually have on another guest this week, which is going to be some fun stuff. Um, So as you all know, this is literally just an excuse for me to shoot the shit with cool people around the community and basically get a better love and understanding for gaming. So, anyways, uh, go ahead, uh, Philip, and introduce yourselves to the group.
1: Hey, uh, my name is Philip Seidner. I'm the owner of a TwinCade arcade bar out in Griffith, Indiana, which is right where you grew up, right?
0: Jeff? Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm actually from the region, as, as, we, as yeah, we called yeah. it back in the day.
1: I don't know if yep. they still call it the region, but oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a skate shop that just opened down the street from us, and they're called Region Rat Skateboard, so. Nice. But yeah, everybody calls it that. How long have you been away from here?
0: So, um, I've been out of there since early 2000s, I want to say, like, after high school, went away to college, and then um, after college, moved out, because my my dad's insane, so
1: I Uh, (laughs) moved out immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I think I met him at TwinCade.
0: I believe it. Probably lots of yeah, yeah. him. Like, yeah. He's he's my dad is literally a northwest Indiana stereotype. Like oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Like if you see a stereotype of an old man in the Midwest, that's my dad. Like, oh yeah. Classic <laughs> baby boomer, just angry at everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some crazy ass stories about that old man. He's he's a classic, an American original. Um, I'd love, love to hear. Him. <laughs> oh yeah, so you're up in Griffith. I was actually from, I'm from Cedar Lake, Indiana, so it's like the last cornfield or the last town before the cornfields. Yeah, what I yeah, call it. yeah. But it's like grew up in unincorporated area, nothing around me. It's classics though.
1: Yeah, all these towns are kind of like they're mushed together. Though I don't know what what's what sometimes because I'm not from here. I've yeah. lived here six years, but I grew up in Decatur, Illinois. So
0: oh, I know about Decatur too. So yeah, it's. Yeah. been all over the damn place yeah basically to get to where i'm from you just go south for a while <laughs> down 41 oh, gotcha
1: yeah <laughs> past crown point
0: oh yeah um yeah. so crown points off off 40 like you have to go down uh, 231 quite a ways mm-hmm. my parents literally live off 41 so oh, cool. you just keep yeah. going south a little bit further not much further past the 231 road but yeah, I mean, because technically, if you take 41 for the listeners, if you take 41 south from, from Griffith, which is he's up near like Lake Michigan almost, if you just go south, you can get to Florida. <laughs> so, oh, nice. yeah. so you can get all the way to Florida. So that sucker goes far, but like really, really quick in Indiana, it just turns into straight up cornfields and like farmland.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: So, so those that have listened though and we talk on VGbs like probably around season one we talked about these flea market finds and stuff actually a little bit south there's there's still a flea market down there uncle John's flea market
1: oh yeah that uh that guy Phil has that store there it's it's he's a good guy yeah there's, uh I forgot the name of his store
0: um, uh, I'm trying to think because the, yeah there, there was like a, a duo of guys that used to run it and now it's just the one guy which I'm assuming is Phil um, yeah
1: John I think John used to this guy named John Lloyds used to run it with him if you know him he's a cool guy too
0: yeah they were they were always really awesome i remember they had a bunch of boxed turbo graphics uh cd games that i picked i picked up a couple of those um that's actually where the final zone 2 uh season one episode of vgbs started was i got the boxed copy of final zone 2 from that little booth at the flea market
1: (laughs) yeah oh it's it's called gaming outpost
0: yeah gaming outpost exactly yeah Yeah, it was like, like classics
1: yeah, he posts all this stuff on Facebook, and it's cool because he has another guy that works with him that lives right by TwinCade. And that place is kind of far from me; it's like forty-five minutes. So mm-hmm. I'll cruise Facebook every week, and there's always something on there. I'm like, dude, can you bring that to TwinCade for me? So <laughs> I usually get a I usually get a delivery from there like every weekend. But <laughs> that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: also um back in the day, I got the I don't know if he still has them there or not, but I got a bunch of the Mario and Nintendo statues from them. Oh. Oh, like those full,
1: like those three and a half foot or four foot mm-hmm. statues. Or Was it those? those yeah, ones? the ones that oh, had yeah. like
0: the high score you could write in, and they had like little red backing with red brick nice. um, to them. And they, I remember they had them, and they like I think the one guy's mom also had a booth there, and she had them all in her like little toy section. And I'm like, well, how much are these? And then I got her to go down to like really cheap a piece, whatever it was. It was really, like, half or a quarter of what she was asking, and I got a bunch of the cool ones, and I still left some, but they were, like, boxed.
1: Oh, wow, nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I got them all boxed.
1: Yeah, I know his mom's still there, too, because the last time I actually went in there, I took my son, and he was like, do you have Nerf guns? <laughs> and he was like, my mom does, so... Nerf guns. She's still there, too. Never seen yeah. so many yeah. Nerf
0: guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that. that's the classicness of um that area, is the the two flea markets back-to-back. So you have that flea market with Uncle John's, and there's like a mm-hmm. barn and field, and that's where our one classic guy that, like when we were growing up, who had all of the old um, imports there. Oh, wow, yeah. We called him Mighty Mo because he kind of talked like, mindy, mindy, meow, da, meow, da, meow. that's how we talked. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, it's
1: like Skeletor.
0: Like like a, a combination of Skeletor and Boomhauer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was crazy. And like he had everything though, like we picked up so many like awesome treats there. I mean, well, is I, he... I want to say Kyle got a Keltron from him.
1: <laughs> is he gone now? I never heard of that. So oh,
0: he's probably been gone for yeah. fifteen, twenty years.
1: There's a uh, flea market in Gary that has two game stores. They're they're pretty good.
0: They have game stores at the one in Gary and now. Yeah, yeah, nice. two different
1: two different stores there.
0: 'Cause that one was like it's kinda has does it have an outdoor aspect and then it's like inside of like almost yeah. a mall type deal. Yeah, yeah. Does it looks like a little mini mall. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. That's when I do that classic uh Northwest Indiana, the um it's like a mini mall that old <laughs> there's like an old um oh, commercial. commercial or something. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. yeah. like a rap <laughs> that a guy does. <laughs> yeah.
1: My wife would probably know it, she's from here.
0: Yeah, there you go. It's just <laughs> like classicness that I was <laughs> so many yeah. little flea markets. So one thing I'm I'm trying to do now is cuz I move all over the place and right now I'm currently in Texas. And if anybody's ever watched YouTube and retro gaming, you know that the game chasers are out here in Texas. And I am out literally in the middle of nowhere. So I have not had an opportunity to hit up anything aside for like um not flea, not flea markets, but more like yard sales out here. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, my wife found a, which is crazy, it's, like, a Magic Knight Ray Earth, like, doll from Sega, like, Japanese doll. She found it at a yard sale. It's, like, it's pretty damn expensive online, which is crazy, but it's, like, well, I'm not selling it. Like, I posted in the Sega Saturn, everyone's, like, how much? And I'm, like, "Uh, I do trades, What, what do you got? Get some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't sell shit. <laughs> so the thing I tried to tell people is like the only thing that I sell is my own creations. So like other than that I don't Yeah. Yeah.
1: I hoard and collect. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever s I don't ever seem to end up with doubles of everything. It's weird. But I don't know. Well, it's like I
0: don't go out looking for anything and everything video games. There was a time yeah. when I would just pick up everything and it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. and after that, it's like, no, I just look for cool stuff, and I handpick, and I only search for what I'm looking for. So if I'm looking for a Wonderswan game, I will just look for that and find it, and I'll hunt for it. I'll use my same tactics that I've used for the last 20 years of getting stuff at a good deal, but I'm only focusing on what I want,
1: Yeah, yeah. which is
0: pretty cool. And then I just support all the homebrew stuff, all the brand-new games that are coming out for old systems, which... That's right. like one of my favorite things to collect for. I actually yeah. got a couple games that I got in the mail that we can talk about here too later. Awesome, yeah. So, um, I mentioned books. So, Hidden Gaming Gems, Generation by Generation, is live on Kickstarter. Um, thank you so much, Philip, for for supporting. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we were just funded like a day ago.
1: Yeah, congrats on that.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, and the crazy thing is, so like. If you look at that monetarily, uh, compared to the old Kickstarters, it looks like it's not doing as well, but what I I explained to a few people, and they're like, holy shit, is that I have no international backing open right now on Kickstarter, so like two-thirds of my backers are from all over the world, and right now it's just the US and Canada that it's open to, so... Um, the where it's at right now is actually, I want to say it's earned quite a bit for pre-orders because, because the thing is, is the books will sell all year, like on the store, but for pre-orders, like it's doing really well. Cause like Kickstarter is almost like the eBay now of project creation and like, it's, it's doing outstanding right now on Kickstarter, which is awesome. Um, did you, uh, do you realize why I removed international backing though? On Kickstarter.
1: Was it because of the shipping? It was
0: because of the shipping. Exactly. I got I shot out an email. And basically I explained that like. Kickstarter takes 10% of whatever I earn. On their site. So if I charge. Which I have to. That's that's pretty
1: high. 10%.
0: It is. And it's like. They have. If you look on their website. It says five. um, But then they charge. Like a bunch of different random bullshit fees. Like a card charging fee, and another fee, and another fee, and it's like Kickstarter takes one, and then Stripe takes a fee, and then another, because Stripe is like the company that does the charge, and then they do a charging fee, it ends up being 10%, and so like, say I charge the $65 it costs to ship something to Europe, when it's a 6.3 pound book, and they don't have media mail internationally, I ship that over there, and so it's $65 to ship it, well, when... What's 65 10%? I'm losing $6.05, but if you add the $40 cost for the book, I'm losing 10 bucks off of the shipping because I'll take a loss on the book cost. I don't care. The book cost is cool, but the shipping is literally I'm charging exactly what it costs, and if they take a piece of that, then I'm paying out of pocket on the shipping.
1: Yeah. So is there a media mill shipping for international? Oh,
0: I wish. There's not (laughs) one. No, no, I, yeah. I wish there was. like. And that's why I charge like a little bit more so I can hopefully avoid media mail for most, but it all depends. Like If I'm shipping it from my house, I'm going to wrap this shit out of it, and I can do media mail. But like if I'm doing it from the warehouse, I tend to try to go quicker.
1: Yeah, yeah. I received one of your fine books yesterday in the mail. Very oh, excited to flip lord. through it. Oh, my lord. Um, You'll have to let me know how it is because I gave you one of the newly –
0: Fixed by my own hand, my own blood, sweat, and tears uh, version of the book. Because um, as uh, I, I don't know if I put it out in one of the earlier episodes here or it was on the VGBS if, or it was on the Higgins Alley books here. But um, when I received the print run of the definitive Super Nintendo, there was no glue on the spine of any of the books.
1: What? <laughs> there was no glue
0: on the spine. Wow. So... So literally I shipped out and the thing was is I paid my warehouse extra money to check each book before they ship them because I mm-hmm. want everything to be perfect because right. I have collectors buying collector books um and they shipped them they shipped out over like 350 books that had yeah. no glue on the spine. So basically there's a lot of backers that have been awesome and they like Did the gluing on their own. Um, Others that it like the book almost like because it weighs 6.3 pounds, it like fell out of the fucking binding. It just fell out and ripped. So I got, I'm getting a bunch of um, fixes created. And basically, I had the warehouse send me all of the, the ones with a the lenticular cover, uh, the slipcase. I had them send all those to me. And so one of the ones that I sent over to you was one of the newly fixed ones. And they all look, after I fixed them, they're all perfect because I just literally took a bread knife, a really long bread knife, and put Mm -hmm. adhesive on it, like book adhesive, and I spread it all on the inside. I did better than probably the company that I'm having fixed the rest of the print run. I did it better than they did. But it's like... It was like, literally, it's been a logistical nightmare for this. Yeah, this yeah, super it sounds like a nightmare. One. Oh, my God. But but either way, though, you have one of the newly fixed ones. Yeah, um, this
1: looks so good, and I love this hologram on it. I didn't realize that would be on there. That's that's mm-hmm. super cool.
0: Yeah, and it's Very so cool. it's, the, it's the art that uh, Jim Wormel, it's one of my buddies that I've known for, like, many years. It's his art, and then when you um, move it, it does that old 80s-style trading card lenticular animation and it goes right to the sprite work for the super nintendo games that that he took inspiration from and i thought that was a really cool aspect of it and the funny thing was is that what was it like one of my when i first posted the slipcase artwork on on kickstarter some one of the backers was pissed because he was like well how about instead of giving us this cover how about you give us the cover that i paid for and like, I was like, no, dude, this is a slipcase. It's not going to be the same art. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he thought it was the front cover. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, he thought it was the front cover. He's pissed. I was like, as soon as I posted that, he'd never post it again. And he's still he's still yeah. a cool guy in the background. I'm going to call it his name. But it's like, it was just funny because he was like, just the passion of how much he loved that first cover. He's like, right. damn it, I don't <laughs> want to see that shit. And it's like, and then when he saw it, he's like, probably thinking, all right, that's cool then. Because it's like a <laughs> old school TV type deal. Yeah, yeah. And and originally I was gonna have like a full freaking cover, but then um the lenticular animation thing is super expensive. I didn't realize how expensive it was. Oh so but that little ass bit budget. that I did was what I had budgeted. That was what ended up I ended up budgeting for. And if I went full, it would have been more than the book run just to do the lenticular.
1: <laughs> oh, for the full size of the book the full size of the slip on the front yeah that was the idea
0: i was gonna do the full slit on the front which would have looked really cool i think this turned out amazing though
1: yeah i like the tv idea it's cool
0: i just get creative at that point when i when i come up with any kind of roadblock i just let creativity shine and do some shit with it and so like with the hidden gaming gems um i want to do another slipcase. i'm doing another slipcase, but if i hit a crazy stretch goal then i'll have enough to do lenticular on it too so, basically, we'll see if we hit it. Um, there's a huge surge near the end of every Kickstarter. Because, like, you, if you go on the Kickstarter page, there's, mm-hmm. like, a little remind me button. And at 72 hours out, it shoots out reminders to everybody oh, who yeah. clicked that. Yeah. And it's, like, it's a big influx. Um, and then the other thing is, I mentioned there's no international ship or no international backers. I shot out an email to everybody except for the kickstarter backers of the new one but then i posted in an update that i have a link to my store that's um a pre-order link for the book and so i have international backing there so people can pay the 65 bucks if they want to get it to them because i've had like i want to say i have close to like three dozen people emailing me already like, immediately within the first week, they're like, hey, I want to support. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. And, and that pre-order link, though, is also for people who don't like Kickstarter. Because there's a lot of people that just don't want to use Kickstarter. So, it's just another – it's just my bookstore. You could literally just pre-order the book. And oh, right, yeah. So, then what I'm doing is is I'm going to manually take that and I'm going to put it in a spreadsheet. And so, that way I could figure out how much minus shipping, how much we've all earned. And I might just use the shipping, too, just because that's what Kickstarter does. And I'm, I'm going to, after the Kickstarter, I'm going to add that amount to the Kickstarter amount and see if we hit any stretch goals. Because I figure that'll be more fun that way. Yeah. Because um, if we hit, I think it's uh, double the funding, maybe a little bit more. I think it, maybe I put it at 15. Then I'm going to add an arcade section to the book. Which, literally, there's already a couple arcade games in the book. Um, but they're just in the generation that they were released during. So gotcha. if it was like Mortal Kombat, which isn't a hidden, hidden – it's not hidden at all. But if it was Mortal Kombat, it would be in with the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis generation. That oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be like the fourth generation. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's really interesting too. Um, the other thing that's interesting is um, pop culture, uh, they tend to follow – like stuff that's going on a little cl- more closely than I've realized. <laughs> um, nobody really has used the term "generations" like candidly, like I have since I've been, you know, promoting and talking about this book. And mm-hmm. I saw Kotaku talking about generations on a, a game that I just featured on on uh, Instagram. And it was Star Tropics. They just did a Star Tropics unboxing video. Oh,
1: really? And it, was yeah, Chris, wow. it
0: was Chris Kohler. And I've met Chris Kohler. He um, is a polarizing individual.
1: <laughs>
0: He's very interesting. Um, never, didn't get to have a beer with him or anything. He was just at his little booth at Portland a couple years ago, PRGE. And, like, I was like, hey, dude, let me know if you want to do any kind of, like, collaboration. He's like, no, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I do though. I'm like, straight up no. <laughs> he's just like, I'm just like, okay, man, cool. And I just like, went, see. <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah, he ended up um doing Star Tropics right after I was talking about Star Tropics. It was interesting. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then he started talking about how that's part of the third gaming generation and all that. And I'm like,
1: hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
0: Hopefully it catches fire. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I always think that's interesting, and it's like um, with one of my previous books, there was a certain big YouTuber that did a a book very similar to mine, and everybody asks me, they're like, oh, you know, that's actually how I discovered your books. See, so that's exactly it, and that's what I tell everybody when, I, when I'm at conventions. They're like, are you mad that he did a book? And I'm like, no, why would I be mad? Number one, there's more cool shit out there for everybody to buy. And number yes. two, he literally brought ten times the amount of people that are now interested in gaming books. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't just have one book; I have ten now. This is this game gaming gems is my tenth book. I'm like, I'm abs- I, actually I'm like it's the opposite. I'm happy that he ended up doing something really awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was I was looking somewhere for his book, and yours came up. You know, and I was like, whoa, that that's awesome. And then you know, this led to that, and I heard all about you. So. Yeah. Definitely, definitely puts eyes in your direction. Well, and that's just it. And
0: then like, the thing is, is that his book um, ended up, he ended up doing his differently than mine. Mine was Uh more collector based. um, And it actually caused me to raise the bar on subsequent releases because I'm like, oh, well, his paper call, how did he do that? So I started looking into stuff. Because like his paper quality was a little glossier than mine, and I thought I was paying for glossy paper, and it wasn't. Stuff like oh, yeah. that. Because I wanted like my quality was supposed to be the same. So then I ended up um, after a few book releases, I want to say, let me see, the first version of the complete SNES um, was when I really realized that they weren't giving me the gloss. So so like the complete NES, the ninety ninety one. And then the first Super Nintendo book and the Super Nintendo compendium were all done with the old printing company. And they just weren't as glossy as the book that you now have in your hands is. Yeah, Which, yeah. it's night and day. It's like, if you take the original complete SNES and then the definitive, you know, minus the 130 extra pages of Super Famicom games, which... I love doing that fucking section. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but minus that, like you'll just, you'd just be able to night and day see the the shininess. And not only that, but because of whatever paper the old printing company was using, it was soaking up the ink and making everything dark. So now everything is bright and crisp, and all the HD imagery like looks better. It's like it's it's ridiculous how much one little subtle change. You know, modifies yeah, yeah. the whole print run. It's it's insane, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this one this one looks so good. Looks great.
0: Appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's um. So like for you, I know you you would love the NES Oddities book that I did because that's literally everything minus the licensed games. And then. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And whenever I do the complete NES, cause I get um, I have this thing on my store which says, "Click me to remind you," um, uh, or click click to for me to remind you when the book is in stock and i mm-hmm. for the complete nes it's like daily i'm getting i'm getting tons of reminders and it's like damn i need to really re-release the book but i'm not oh, just going so, to re- oh so yeah you
1: get a message when people are interested in it that's cool so you can tell that yeah
0: it shoots me an email so yeah. um and i i leave that on because my thing is is that if that website or that app that's on my store goes down I have mm-hmm. of tracking and I'm like hey you were interested in this and I'll just I'll manually do it. I mean, the thing is is if people are interested enough to look me out or to click that they're interested, I will absolutely go through and just like click um and manually do it if I need to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So but I'm not just going to reprint the complete NES like um I did a limited edition paperback that because my first paperback was black and white that I did Mm-hmm. um that was my that was my original idea by the way not these big collector books it was a pocket nintendo guide when i was going around to conventions so i didn't have to pull out my phone because i hated going through my phone gotcha so i literally wanted a pocket collector guy <laughs> um and so like i did a color version of that for um the video games monthly they, they do like um you know that little boxes where you get like random games that you choose yeah
1: we hung out with those guys at mgc this year yeah
0: Yeah, they're really cool dudes yeah yeah um and like basically we did like a little promo together where anybody who was a vgm um backer they would get a free copy of the book if they if they bought the definitive super nintendo Nice. So you got the definitive Super Nintendo Kickstarter, get a free book, and then I took the rest and um sold the the remainder. I only did a couple extras, like I did a certain amount and I numbered them. So that was pretty cool. Um and so like, but if I redo this Nintendo book, like we're talking, I'm gonna do it in the new quality. I'm probably it's probably gonna be closer because right now it's maybe 300 pages. It might be closer to 500. Because I'll end up doing instead of three games per page, I'll do two games per page because it's just the licensed games. So oh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot more, um, mm-hmm. a lot more real estate. The only thing is, if I do two games per page, it looks very similar to a certain NES guidebook. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll change it up somehow. I'm not gonna. The thing is, I'm not gonna retread either. So because because my thing is is that it's the same thing with the definitive Super Nintendo. I want to make something cool and different enough to where if you supported the first book it's like oh might as well get the new one because it's been x amount of years and there's this so much more there's this amount that's changed yeah yep and i'm not charging an arm and a leg like my big ones if you if you get it on the pre-orders it's 40 bucks and then subsequent will be like 10 10 bucks more like,
1: oh, that's, yeah, and, yeah. But,
0: but if you find me at a convention, and that's the classic. If you find me at a convention in person, I I do the pre order price.
1: Oh always. Yeah, yeah, always.
0: It's just like when I throw it in my store, I just do that because store tends to take um a percent as well. Like they take a percent, mm-hmm. and I think if if PayPal is used, it takes a percent. So oh, I, that's mm-hmm. where the ten bucks is. That's literally the only reason why it's ten dollars more is because the fees. And then, yeah, yeah. shit, and then I don't take shit and then I do have to take shit out of um the shipping either. So that way like, the shipping can be whatever the shipping is.
1: Yeah. I wish I would have came to your booth at MGC and cleaned house over there. So would <laughs> would've, would've been the way to go.
0: Here was the thing where you will be kicking yourself
1: now is that um
0: Dan Dan Lucy who runs Midwest Gaming Classic, mm-hmm. him and I had a, a pretty cool relationship where I was I was with his merch table this year Two years ago, I was with his merch table, too, right when I only had the complete NES. And I think I might have had 1990 Culture Chronicles at the time. And he ended up buying all... I was in a terrible spot. Like, it was back when they had a tent out there yeah, um, yeah. at the old place. And I was in mm-hmm. the entranceway. And people were, like, walking by to get to the southern tent. And so, like, hardly anybody yeah. even knew I was there. I didn't have any banners like I have now or nothing to identify myself. So, it was weird. And the people that found me got a book, but I had probably a couple extra boxes of complete NES books. they my original print run, too. And he bought them all for me uh, just to support. And so he brought the extras that he had storage. to oh, brought them back. This year. Yeah, yeah. And they sold the fuck out. Yeah. You had, a, yeah you had
1: a way more prominent location this year because – I know exactly where you were the year before by you talking about it, where well, you walk in that and all was the are two there and...
0: years ago. Last year I was with um Overdrive Reality, the guys from Northwest Indiana. I was with oh, yeah. I was with them right by the bar. I sold out like the first night.
1: Oh nice. I'm good friends with all those guys.
0: Yeah, those guys are pretty cool. Um, they do
1: they do events in our bar. Like they haven't done it in a while, but they used to run trivia in our bar and it was fucking huge. Like nice. brought in big crowds and they did it really well. Like you know they they set up they always have a real nice setup and they kind of brought that whole thing into our bar which was cool
0: yeah and um they're the the main guy who runs that um he's yeah matt he works with a monster jam he has so much energy
1: Mm, yeah (laughs) like he's crazy so he does like big stadium shows or something like in front of like twenty thousand people yeah monster truck stuff but yeah it's really cool so
0: before i get off track you mentioned twin cade we need to go into all about you. We've been talking about the book. We've been off track, which is awesome. It's cool. Um, let's talk about oh, where you come from, what gets you going. I know you have more than just Twin K going on, too, so oh, I want to yeah. talk about it all.
1: I got, I got <laughs> too much going on. I got all kinds of YouTube stuff I'm doing. Yeah.
0: Well, I just saw some new stuff, too, that I definitely want to. I already supported part of it, and I want you to talk about that, too. But let's, let's start from the beginning.
1: Yeah, well... From the beginning, I, <laughs> <from> the beginning, <laughs> I guess where TwinCade started, you yep. know, I don't know, I was just an arcade collector. I grew up in arcades when I was a kid, of course, because mm-hmm. I'm 43 and that's just what we did. Yeah, it's but exactly uh, it. yeah, so I became an arcade collector somehow by accident. I think <laughs> Drag- Dragon's Lair was the first arcade machine I bought and it definitely snowballed and then all of a sudden I had like 30 arcade machines in my basement. Nice. And you know, my wife's looking at me funny, like, <laughs> the fuck are we doing with these? Uh, so yeah, collecting from there the money, we just
0: collecting them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hard to explain. But then uh yeah, I'd always go to Chicago to go to the arcade bars there and then just figured we could do that here in Northwest Indiana. That's where Twin Cades started. But what's um, what's
0: crazy though is that uh did you ever expect the craziness because obviously you're just an arcade collector like imagine the other business aspect of Twin Cade, you know, not the arcade side but the whole bar and food side
1: oh yeah yeah definitely because we have you know we have a full bar and a full restaurant there exactly
0: and so but that's got to be mind-blowing that's why like i would never go that route even if i had like the opportunity to get a bunch of arcades i'd be like well i'd be more like galloping ghosts yeah yeah. less awesomeness but the thing is
1: you get all the craft beer too so that's right right. i like to drink so (laughs) That's, that's that's a bonus yeah yeah but yeah the yeah this it's a lot of work my they're, wife they're, are they like Philip? Quit drinking all the profits. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the beer tester. Got to test it all. <laughs> Got to make sure it's fresh and staying fresh. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my wife really she runs most of Cade, honestly anymore. I have another business that I work on. Like we have an online business mm-hmm. where we sell like a craft media. So, and I've been doing this for ten years. But I sell like embroidery designs and uh, cross stitch patterns and clip art, all that kind of stuff.
0: Nice.
1: And that's that's honestly what funded TwinCade was that business there. But so I do that. She does most of the bar stuff. I'll come in and do game fixes if needed. And, you know, I have another guy that helps me fix games too. But, you know, she runs the beer. She picks all the beer and she makes up the menus and the food and stuff. And she's there 24 hours a day. But Damn, you lot of, a you lot of, a of work. You picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's craziness though. And it's crazy how – um popular the embroidery and the cross-stitch
1: stuff is oh yeah yeah i've done really well with that for it let me quit my job 10 years ago which was awesome because the dream in life is always to have no boss so yeah and i made that happen which was amazing
0: i mean that's <laughs> literally the american dream is be able to do your own thing
1: yeah yeah absolutely make, work, and make work, a living work my it. own time yep yep for sure freaking cool
0: yeah man yeah. and then so from twin cade you go into like your other types of things that you're creating and running and like you got a lot of stuff
1: going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I do do a lot of stuff. Uh, so right before we opened Twin Canyon, I just uh, I don't know. I got into YouTube and I started just like most people like watching Game Chasers and Angry Video Game Nerd and all that stuff. And uh-huh. I wanted to be involved in that, too. And I started a YouTube show called Retro Gaming Game Show. Retro gaming game show. <laughs> yeah. it was just Good like stuff. a, it was just like gaming trivia and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. it was like
1: a three, it was a three round thing. Uh, I did like trivia, and then I would do something on a screen where I would slowly unveil a game, and somebody would guess it, and then I would do like a gaming round. It was pretty fun. So I started doing that, and I did that for like a year on YouTube, and it was so much work doing that that it was just hard to do it anymore. So I wanted to get into doing stuff by myself. So I just I do game reviews now on on youtube under a channel called side quest
0: yeah yeah i've checked out like a lot of your your stuff now and um it was crazy though is that like if you can't overestimate or you're completely underestimating how much work it does take to make a youtube video especially with all the editing you're talking about with the uh the, the game show on like that it's crazy like even doing your side quest reviews like there's a lot that goes into that because you do a lot of cool editing and you know like aspects to the review and yeah, yep. it, I mean people that are listening to this like this is literally unedited for YouTube just because um I don't have the time because <laughs> I'm working on books and I have a full-time right, job right. I haven't I haven't uh quit working for the man yet
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I'm, I'm to the point where I could but it's like no nah, I'm gonna go a little bit longer right <laughs> Until so it's no longer fun, and then I'll start doing um start doing what really is fun, which is creating awesome stuff, creating books and going around.
1: Yeah, I wish I could figure out a way to make a video that's just no edit. I guess that'd be like game pickups and stuff like that would be would be cool. Well,
0: the hard all- part is um no like the nonstop movement during while you're on a camera. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, could, I wouldn't be able to do that, so...
0: Because <laughs> here, if we stop talking for a second, that's just a pause. But on right. video, you look awkward as shit because you're sitting there, like, looking around. or You know what I mean? Like, you have to be engaged the whole time. You almost have to, like, have a script memorized, which then takes yeah. away a lot of the fun, a lot of the organicness.
1: Yeah, all my reviews I like, do are scripted, so it's like that I don't have to worry about that. I I don't think I could be the type of person that could just sit there and talk for 10 minutes, you know, about my game pickups and I think those people that can do that's amazing, but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I'm really one of them.
0: Well, I would say though like when you're doing a game review, like you're doing a classic like Super Nintendo game or a Nintendo game, um I think it almost needs to be scripted otherwise you're going to miss something. Whereas yeah, absolutely. If, if you're doing like a like you see all the YouTube channels that do all the news and the hot stuff, that's easier mm-hmm. to spitball because there's no um, references that you need to do, quote unquote. Like you don't have to hit bullet points. You're literally just talking about what is going on, your thoughts on it, what drives you, and you're not necessarily having to dig into it. And it's the same yeah, thing. It's and- why top tens are popular too, because a top ten, you have ten games you can do. You can shoot the shit about. It. You don't have to hit every nuance. But if, oh, you're, yeah. if yeah. you're doing like what you're doing with a single game. It it needs to be a little more structured, which then adds editing.
1: So it's like, oh. For sure. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So kind of what I do right now is I'm doing all my reviews in a series mostly, and then I'm I'm kind of smashing them all together and adding some extra content and then putting those as half-an-hour episodes on Amazon. Yep. Uh, so and that's still first... called SideQuest, correct? Yeah, it's called SideQuest on Amazon also. Yeah, so if, you, Prime, if you're on your Amazon Prime.
0: Prime like my wife has – I actually was able to watch Side Quest for free, which is awesome.
1: Um, yeah. And literally, the episode that you did was Super Nintendo, right? Right. Yeah. That, those are pretty old reviews, but I, there's you know the five five launch titles, which only three of are really launch titles, but you know the other two came out you know what days after or whatever the, the yeah. first three: Mario World and Pilot Wings and Gradius. So yeah. So zero yeah. Zero. And then I smashed all five of those together and just put some extra content and made it made it into a half an hour episode. But those are already on YouTube, all five of those. But well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, then it's, uh, it's cool though, and I
0: like the how it how it went. It's almost like a little launch series for the console.
1: Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next week, I think uh, the I did a bunch of reviews for cinematic platformers for Super Nintendo. Ooh. Um. So that should be on Amazon. I'm launch. I'm listing that today, and it takes like four or five days before they get it through. So that'll be Cinematic Platformers on Super Nintendo. That'll be next. And then um, on my YouTube channel now, I'm doing all Dragon's Lair games, mostly Nintendo Dragon's Lair games. So the NES, the uh, SNES, <laughs> Game Boy. Going, but yeah, yeah, they're not good games. Game Boy Color. The Game Boy Color game one Boy Color is one. amazing. The, the port of mm-hmm. the port of Dragon's Lair is amazing. And then the the GameCube, the Dragon's Lair 3D, which came out on Xbox and PlayStation also. But that's that's a pretty decent game. It's all right. What well, blows me away one. about the uh, the Game Boy
0: Advance one is is that's essentially a Super Nintendo, so we could have had that on the Super Nintendo back in the day. It's just that the programmers yeah, yeah. didn't have the knowledge. Right. Like yeah. I was like, oh man, it's such a cool port, though. That that'll be really fun to see what you talk, what you say about the Game Boy Advance Dragon's Lair.
1: Yeah, for sure, that one's up right now on YouTube. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll box all those together, and that's going to end up being a Dragon's Lair episode. That'll probably be episode number three on SideQuest yes. for the Amazon stuff. See, and I'll I'll wait for SideQuest, and I'll watch it there, and then
0: hopefully, I don't think the app lets me leave a review, but I'll have to go on the computer and leave a review on it.
1: Cool. That'd be great. For sure.
0: I mean, because that's the thing on Amazon. It's the same thing with my books. Like, if people don't leave five-star reviews on there, it doesn't get pop up on searches as much. Right. So, that's where it's like, it's contingent that, like, when I watch something, I, I need to go and review it on there, because... Otherwise, it actually will be a hindrance, and it'll be harder for you to get out there on Amazon Prime.
1: Gotcha. I think uh, I think the way I can tell is the only kind of SEO you can really do on Amazon is get reviews, honestly, mm-hmm. it seems. I don't think there's any other kind of optimization you can do to come up better in searches besides get reviews.
0: Yeah, if- and that, I mean SEO is something that like drives me nuts because it's, it's a mm-hmm. constantly shifting thing. Yeah. And if you want to do what you want to do, like retro stuff – On YouTube, you're gonna flounder because right now on YouTube, like the SEO is completely towards new stuff, and it's YouTube that's marketing it that way because they get funding from companies to promote the new games, and that's why like those review shows are doing much better than the classics. Like my um, Mm -hmm. there's there's guys that have the same amount, hundred thousand plus subscribers, and like there's the guys who do the news, and they're getting like tons, they're getting like a couple grand a month versus my buddy. Gamester81, who has the same amount of ones, but he covers what he wants, and he gets, like, hundreds instead of thousands. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he has the same exact amount over 100,000 subscribers, and if you look on all those little analytic websites, it's like, why is his, like, this to this? And I'm pretty sure it's because YouTube is not pushing him because he doesn't do what they want him to do yeah which yep. is fucked up <laughs> yeah you gotta you
1: gotta do like hot news to be yeah or switch games or brand new games or whatever, but so so you go into Amazon Prime is
0: awesome because then it's like number one, if people wanna support you, they can directly support you right there,
1: yeah, absolutely. That's yep. awesome. Like to yeah, me, because I mean, on on YouTube, I have a whopping like ninety subscribers, if even maybe eighty seven. But <laughs> and anybody who's listening, if you go to his YouTube channel, either of them, because he's probably gonna
0: talk about the other one too here shortly. Yeah. Um, either of them, the the freaking cinematography is on a professional level. Like it looks at the top of any show you could watch on YouTube, let or even beyond YouTube. It looks good.
1: Like awesome. It, thank you, you. You know what the fuck you are doing? It's good. It's awesome. Yeah, and, that's none, that's another it, one of my hobbies is is filming and yeah. video and camera equipment and that kind of stuff. But you you so. can
0: tell that you know you know beyond just a normal like YouTuber like sitting behind a camera like it's it's done professionally and especially it's noticeable when you're doing moving shots and live things because if you didn't know what you were doing it would look like you're going to be like me walking around with my daggone phone.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: gotcha. <laughs> but like, that's what I would do because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But um, but you guys like are fucking knocking it out of the park, and then you have 90 subscribers, and it's like, what the fuck is up with this? Because I I didn't know you guys were around because I never see it because YouTube and a bunch of yeah, bullshit yeah. of searching. It's like, I don't know, man. It's it's the same thing we mentioned overdrive reality. They have like. Oh, yeah, they're great content yeah and their videos are amazing like <laughs> their, just... their quality is so good yeah. too and it's yep. like god damn how the hell it's it's and the thing that sucks is if you're not like an entrepreneur like you are it's almost like if that's all you're doing you're like oh i only see freaking six views on my video that i just spent 20 hours editing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like six yep. people's eyes like demoralizing to, to a lot of content creators and that's unfortunate because it's yeah. spurring yeah. a lot of creativity
1: for sure well, our other channel has 3,000 viewers, which Correct. is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way we got to that 3,000 is not so great, because we did um. So the other channel, let me tell you first. The other channel is uh, it's Twin Cades channel for the arcade bar, and the main theme behind that channel is a reality show that we do, um, yep. based based in the bar. Um. It's a, like a non-drama reality show, though. We're not really getting into drama stuff. I'm not really into all that. It's just kind of fun goofing off and drinking and talking about the arcade and stuff like that. So that channel has 3,000 views. But the way we got there is we did – a right when the Switch came out, I waited in line and I got an extra one and I did a giveaway. <laughs> so when I did the giveaway, I had so many people join. But yeah. it it wasn't – It's it didn't really help me because Fair those people fans. were – yeah, exactly. They were very excited about the switch giveaway, but then you know it was like crickets after that. Uh-huh. It's like, uh, all right. So and and also you know a lot of those fans that would come in would, you know, after the, the giveaway was over, then they were like instantly angry, like, uh, you know, fuck this channel or, or whatever, and leaving thumbs downs and stuff like that, and you know whatever. <laughs> but so that's that's actually I used to put all my side quest episodes on on the Twin K channel. Yeah, yeah and because of that influx of those people that that really don't care about anything about getting something free, I moved SideQuest to its own channel because it's just something I care about and it's more personal for me and what I was hoping to do with SideQuest was just to make friends that are into the same stuff and I'm not going to make those friends on on that channel with those subscribers but
0: Yeah, I like the organicness of some of the smaller channels, especially like if they have a social media presence and you can shoot the shit with them too yeah, yeah. That's, that's the coolest part. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people I know, like, everybody now. Uh, so, like, when, when oh. I, when I, I'm missing too many games this weekend, actually, cause I oh, yeah. moved across yeah. the country. And I mean, last year at too many games, I was sitting there having beers with freaking angry video game nerd, like, nice. just shooting the shit. And it's like, it's like I've known him for a couple of years now, and he's really freaking down-to-earth dude. He's exactly who he portrays on his normal videos, not the nerd. Yeah, videos. <laughs> yeah he,
1: seemed, he seems like he'd be totally cool, but... Super cool. And yeah. it's like,
0: knowing everybody, though, it's like, I like that aspect, the community aspect. Yeah. And I feel like things get lost if you're doing other types of <laughs> videos. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It's it's just like the, that toxic hive mind group is is not cool
1: yeah i wish i would have went this year uh uh bit brody kept asking me if i was gonna go we were gonna hang out maybe carpool or share a room and also i'm a part of the, the screenwave media so for twin k channel so that would have been cool to go but
0: oh you're actually part of screenwave cool that's about, yeah, yeah that's about <laughs> the only way you can get out there as a guest to too many games nowadays like they they literally only um because screenwave kind of runs it Right. That's that's yeah. the only, like, in that people get. So, like, I had a lot of people ask me, like, why aren't you coming? I'm looking forward to coming and hanging out. And I'm like, well, I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> I just do cool books. I mean, I've done a right. panel there for three, four years. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually did one for the launch of the Complete NES. I did a panel, like, for, like, a few years back. Like, three years ago. In 2015. um And basically, like, Paul's is awesome the guy who runs runs the convention and um but like screen screenwave basically runs the show out there now which is oh
1: yeah yeah i know they have their party and stuff like yeah. that but
0: but if like if i can get out there like i'll be a i'll be a guest and be able to do all the stuff but yeah like i'm in texas now it's like i can't afford to to get my ass out there when i have a full-time job too it's like well yeah. if you bring me out as a guest i will take leave take you know vacation time and come out but yeah. Other than that, I can't afford right now.
1: Yeah, I don't go to Far Away Game Conventions, mostly because I have three kids. But mm-hmm. so, but I'm going to uh, the MO Game Con in August. I've heard and I that hit,
0: one's amazing. And Yeah, it's pretty fun. Make sure I you uh, shoot the shit with John Riggs, because he's one of the most down-to-earth dudes. He goes, I think he's going again this year.
1: Yeah, I have one of those VIP tickets, so it's nice. like a party with, uh, I don't know, all those guys, so...
0: Yeah, just like Riggs is cool. Shit I actually shared a room with him at a 2016 Portland Retro Game Expo.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like really really cool dude. Um yeah, and a lot of like radical reggie. I don't know if he's going to uh Mocon. I think he did last year. Yeah,
1: he is. he was there last year and he's going this year too. He's awesome too. He's one of my yeah.
0: one of my buddies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I like a I I follow his friend uh uh Marcus from Retro Game Players. Yeah like uh you know we've always talked online ever since whenever and uh i was hoping he would go but he's not but them two do videos together yeah yeah so that's the only convention i have planned are you gonna do all the uh are you gonna do all the retrofalooza um so basically the next convention i'm going to is classic
0: game fest in texas it's in austin Mm -hmm. Um, that weekend, my buddy runs, let's play out here. It's Christian Dieter. Oh, these are all the same weekend. As- and, and retro Palooza all in the same freaking weekend yeah. in Texas. There's three gaming conventions. And I'm like, man, if you could have staggered it by one weekend, I would go to everything. Right. Cause it's, to me, it's like a three hour drive, but three hour drive out there. I'll do that all the time. And like for the one in Austin, like I'm going to go up a day early with my family. We're going to go look around Austin. Then I'm going to hit up the convention, do that all day. Um, and then at nights I'm going to do family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, but it's like, I would happily support, um, the only other two conventions I have planned is I mentioned Gamester. His convention is game on in Phoenix. Oh, right. Um, Uh That's like two weeks, one or two weeks after, um, the classic game fest in Austin, which is the end of July. And then, um, Portland I'm going to go to again this year in October. Portland is fucking amazing. Yeah,
1: I would love to go to that. That's an That's in October. That's in October. and I might have to look at that. That'd be yeah. so fun.
0: Yeah, I, I missed it last year because I was doing training for my my job, and I was like, I actually had to miss five conventions last year because of the training for my job. I was pretty disappointed. Oh, yeah. So many on the East Coast. There's so many amazing conventions, and all the guys that run the conventions are awesome. Like, It's just, I was disappointed that I couldn't support a lot of them, and it was yeah, I got an I got another one that invited me out. Uh, I don't know if you have heard of Emerald Coast Con.
1: No, I haven't.
0: It's out in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So you know mm-hmm. that'd be it's an amazing one. I went to it a couple years ago, and um, yeah, it was really really cool. Really small though. Um, but I think it's a, it's now owned by like a just a collector, a, a pretty cool dude in the community. Um, because it was like this company ran it. <laughs> oh yeah, which was weird. It was a weird yeah, convention. Yeah. I think, like at now that the collector runs it, I think it's going to be a rad one. But I don't know if I can get out there because of the timing. I think it's in like November ish. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be tough because I'm trying to get up to uh, Northwest Indiana uh, to get to a certain arcade bar called Twin Caves. Absolutely. Now, I, I mean, yeah. honestly, like my wife, um, wants to go during Thanksgiving to visit family. So yeah. I'm going to try to take like a week or so and get out there. Whether we're going to fly or drive, I don't know.
1: Yeah, if you could do an appearance, that'd be amazing. I'd really like to know, know you know, three weeks, a month in advance, like so really promote it and mm-hmm. get people out and maybe you could do a book signing and try to sell some books if you have any stock at the time, hopefully. but Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have some extra stock of my oddities and my um Nintendo compendium and the Super Nintendo book because... The company actually reprinted every the entire print run again. Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah, because because of the the error, the the glue stuff. Yeah, so I am paying to fix it the print run, but then they're doing a whole
1: double the print run. So I'm at a lot, which is cool. Um, and, and that if you come out, that also gives me content for the TwinCade reality show. Oh, we which, can do some crazy shit for sure awesome though. and you can find that on amazon too i don't know if i mentioned that twin katie you, you didn't you did not it's it, yeah. yeah it's all season one correct yeah well it's going up they have this uh they, you know they have like a four or five day wait mm-hmm. so it, it should be up there by by next week or whatever all season one and then we have two episodes from season two that are going up and the last one is the our footage from the midwest gaming classic this year which is really you know 20 minutes of us drinking and being wasted but
0: I mean that's all I did at Midwest Gaming Classic is yeah fun.
1: yeah that's my that's my favorite thing about <laughs> that's, why
0: it, you but... that's why you couldn't find me is either I'm
1: talking to people at my table or I'm out drinking somewhere I don't know oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah your your table was packed when I tried to come talk to you I didn't couldn't really get a in to come talk to you but uh, yeah
0: yeah so um one of the things that I'd like to ask you about is with Twin so you focus on your coworkers and yeah, you know, yep. the, the people that actually more so the your employees. Um, and you said that it's pretty hard to record the second season because, you know, it's just like if every other job out there, especially when you're in the food service business, there's, it's hard to keep people employed or find. Oh yeah. So it's like you get all these people that on the show, you're getting invested in their personalities and now all of a sudden Absolutely. they're gone.
1: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest hurdle for me. I mean, the restaurant industry, especially like people are here and gone in in a second. And it's like, it kind of sucks to have every episode where it's, you know, you get to know someone and then the next one, you know, they're gone. It's It makes it really difficult. Uh, and then I always go back and forth. Like, I really want it to be focused on the employees. And then I get a little like discouraged with it. I'm like, oh, but then they're going to be gone. Maybe I should make it focused on me. And I'm like, but I don't know. Yes. So that's um, always a tough a tough thing.
0: I do think you should have it focused on you. There's one aspect yeah. that I would like to see, which would be allow you to promote some of your content, which is you're moving in toward vinyl records. Uh yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes, please. Show off your vinyl record collection. Show off what you're doing with that, because I want to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just me being greedy. <laughs> um, are you a, are you a vinyl collector? Absolutely. I have like awesome. eight hundred vinyl nice something and i mean i have a, almost 100 just video game
1: related vinyl oh cool awesome yeah, yeah
0: it's amazing it's fun yeah so
1: my record label that i run yeah like you said it's it's a vinyl only label but i i've been i've had that label it's gigantic noise you can go to giganticnoise.com and check it mm-hmm. out but i have 10 releases out now but they're all like indie rock bands and and you know little punk stuff or whatever like that but um i'm going i'm right now currently switching to all video game soundtracks which is going to so. be amazing yeah, the first, first one's coming out is for the game It'll Do 2, and that should be out in a few weeks. And I don't know, I'm trying to talk to people and put my ear to the ground and find some other good releases to do next. So but,
0: Absolutely, and there's um a group on Facebook that does focuses on Switch physical collecting. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that soundtrack right there would just go with the Nicolas release of It'll Do Too because that like, has yeah, all yeah. that amazing content with it and then just have a vinyl with it right in the background. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's really cool. And then I love I
1: love all those Nicholas releases. The game, the company that made it'll do too. They're actually Ludosity, Ludosity yeah. or whatever. But um, the all the Nicholas stuff on Switch is awesome, man. I love opening this stuff. There's always tons of shit in there and so, so manuals. Did, did Ludosity?
0: Did they do their own release for it'll do too? Uh,
1: Nicholas did the. That's what I thought. Switch I thought yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they marketed
0: yeah. it out to Nicholas. Yeah, um, exactly. Because yeah, Nicholas is essentially like they they basically publish awesome indie games and then like you're saying they do all those keychains and crazy little stuff and like i, I think with it'll do too it's like an nes style manual inside the oh yeah, case, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is amazing it's just like they're they're basically just catering to us like we <laughs> love retro yeah, games yeah. and it's like ah, uh, that's i mean if, if i'm collecting everything of one thing on the switch it would be all the nicolas
1: releases right yeah yep I think what they do, what else they do, Cave Story maybe? I think they did the Cave Story release. Tiny like Barbarian DX. Yeah, definitely that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everything, when you open it, just shit's just falling out everywhere and it's great. It's amazing. <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. they do the, um not, not
0: not Super Meat Boy, but the, the World is the End is Nigh? I think they did that one too and it came with like a little squishy inside of it, like a little, because oh, yeah. you play as a little black blob and I'm pretty sure it came with like a little piece of like rubber guy or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice.
0: Super freaking cool. Um so before I get off topic with TwinCadia, do you have any like bar regulars that are crazy asses?
1: Um yeah, we have um some people. I mean we have people that we you know, the cool thing is we have a lot of people that are that are good high scorers come in and they're kind of regulars. So and come stay on the games for a long time. But
0: that might be a, a way to like if any of them are like a personality, you could talk with the high score runners or or yeah, the, yeah, Or the crazy ass bar goers that just like love video games. Because yeah, if you think a... of, if you think about it, like number one, it would give them an opportunity to talk retro, and number mm-hmm. two is they come they they would come by to buy more beer because they want to. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a win win. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think the other day we had um this guy I think his name's Mark Schultz.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I know Mark
1: for the Galaga. Yeah. He like did Kill Screen on our Galaga, so I I talked to him and we're gonna do some stuff get him on the show and i think that'd be good content for
0: i have a pretty cool story about mark that he doesn't even know about which is awesome Uh oh (laughs) so i met mark um at was arcade and video game room expo which in 2016 was a one-off ran by the pinball expo guys that was an arcade one that completely flopped and there was probably like 30 people that showed up to the convention in chicago
1: Oh geez. what? Yeah, I,
0: yeah, <laughs> but it was, but uh, it was fun. I was with Walter Day and Billy Mitchell at oh, at nice. a table. I shared a table with them and everything. Like it was a really cool convention, and the guys that run it are awesome and professional as shit. But it was like they just didn't know how to market arcades and video games. Yeah, um, but I met Mark there, and he was a really cool dude, really respectful. Like loves you know my loved my books and all that stuff, and it was crazy because. So I talked with Mark, We played some arcade games. I probably played Galaga, I think. Um, Later on, he's actually – he moved to or is from where I was out uh, near my wife's hometown in South Bend, Mishawaka, Indiana. Mm, yeah.
1: Amish? And yeah, Amish
0: country? Yeah, a little bit of Amish country, but Notre Dame's out there too.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, And so I know a lot of people out there, and one of my buddies was on a hiring committee for Notre Dame and goes, hey – do you know this Mark Schultz guy? Was like, I looked on your Facebook, and you got he's your friend on Facebook. And I'm like, so basically he was doing a job interview with Notre Dame. And I just said, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw him at this uh, game convention. Really nice guy. Completely genuine, blah, blah, blah. He ended up getting hired <laughs> at Notre Dame. Oh, nice. Pretty awesome. I was like, hell, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even know that, uh, th- that the hire yeah. actually contacted me. Actually, he's a pretty good friend of mine. And <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, like yeah, it was like a little thing with Mark. Like it's, and then after that, he kind of exploded onto the Galaga scene and oh, yeah, he yeah. scores really well and just, like winning tournaments and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow, he's actually super, super talented on that shit too.
1: Yeah. I would love to have more, more people like that in the show. That'd be amazing. But um, yeah, we'll see. I
0: think that might be a way that way you can still do your employees that are, you know, crazy. Um, yeah. Yep. Allow you to talk more about retro, like projects that you're doing, and then right. <clears throat> when like people like myself come in town, there's that. When you have like guys like um Dirty Donny, I know you know him. Um, yeah,
1: he's he's gonna be stopping by in the next couple of months. So. There's
0: there's an easy episode for you. I mean, yep. it's just like when anybody comes and stops by, you got easy episodes. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a hard time pulling a full episode. Out of like one event, it sucks. Like I'll watch like a Game Chaper Chaser's episode, and they'll they'll go to one garage sale, and they got a whole episode out of mm-hmm. one garage sale, and I'm like, how the fuck? But uh, yeah, it's really well, difficult for me to pull up. I think what that we'll off, have but... to
0: do then is when I when I come in town, we'll have to do an adventure somewhere. Go around to oh, some yeah. old school game stores. We sure. can film it. We'll go to some old, like maybe go to the freaking Uncle John's. It'll be for yeah, November. yeah I'll go to Phil's place. It'll be November though. It'd be cold. Oh yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we'll figure out something like that. Maybe we'll go to Phil's or that other guy that lives in Griffith. Go to his house and go through his games, like right, record yeah. it. Um, but then we got to talk about it afterward. That's kind of how. That's kind of that format, and it's what yeah, you it's what you all yeah. do too. But mm-hmm. it's making an extra little adventure out of it. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find. It's hard to find filming help around here. I'm sure it's hard to find filming help anywhere. Probably. But uh, we we've tried a lot around here to where. I mean, we we would have liked it to where we could have had the cameras rolling like 24 hours a day in the bar. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, during all so open hours. But
0: at Mo Game Con that you're going to, um, I don't know her, but she's another part of the Metal Jesus Rock Cruise at Kinsey. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's another female, a newer female that Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey uh kelsey's yeah. boyfriend um i saw it on oh, their yeah. e3 video he has this camera thing with a battery pack you get you need oh to yeah. figure out how yeah, they I do watch that. i want that video too yeah <laughs> you it's, need to figure out how it's... they do that because that right. if he can run eight hours of content like you could literally start recording con have have like a guy at twin recording events and then you yeah. could pick that out for twin too the hard thing is
1: is audio in the bar Oh, so noisy, yes. it's so it's like terrible. I could get I could probably set up cameras, you know, three or four cameras around, you know, one at the bar and you know, one facing the arcade and stuff, but I could never get good audio like anywhere. So, you
0: would have that's to why find like you'd have to put like microphones some in like places in the bar, like specific, yeah. like non like put muting around it or some shit. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Or like I don't know all the bartenders have to wear like lavaliers or whatever mics and stuff like that, but that's kind of the reason that that the interview format works really well for us, where we kind of describe like describe an event and show footage over it. But mm-hmm. um, I
0: actually like that it makes it look like it's a an E show, like a actual, right. like I mean it yeah. really like TwinCadia does is shot like. Especially with the format and the the quality of the uh, individual interviews, it looks like every type of reality show that you would you would see. It's yeah. just as you said, you don't do any kind of setup drama. It's just you just let it unfold,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, definitely in season two. Some of the first episodes in season one, the quality is so bad to me that it makes me cringe. But I had to put it up, so which is which kind of sucks because when people go like random people go to see it on on Amazon, you know, I hope they don't skip out in the first couple episodes, but. Quality gets way better after the first couple, so. <laughs> I mean, you might have a few people, but I mean, if yeah. you're
0: looking for the the tight knit community aspect, the, the good ones will stick around.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That's gonna be it, but yeah, like that's that's gonna be the hardest part, I think for for you is you focused on the employees, and now, <laughs> yeah, people definitely. move on. People move, like even if they didn't leave for for bad aspects like maybe somebody just moved up moved away or did something else like and yeah no longer part of twin cade well now they're no longer part of this reality show either
1: Mm -hmm. i I mean i think twin cade's gone through five managers in two years it's a it's a really stressful place to work oh i can only imagine i mean there's i mean because you got those three aspects you got the arcade you got the the bar you got the restaurant and like a general manager has to control all three of those things and I don't know it's really difficult and it's something new for the area and people, the customers don't know how to react to it and the staff doesn't know how to react to it. You know, like, because when you go to TwinCade, what do you do? You know, like, do you grab a table? Do you go to an arcade game? Do you lose your table? Do I go to the bar to order because I'm wandering <laughs> around? Do I sit at my table and wait and not, you know, like people kind of don't know what to do in our, in our restaurant. So it makes everything very stressful sometimes. But
0: oh, it's craziness though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> But
0: you got a lot of room over at Twin Cade, too. There's a lot of area space, which is which is nice.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we leave it pretty open. Um, just put all the other car- arcade games along the wall mostly, and have a pretty big open space, so it can be a restaurant also.
0: So speaking of arcades, um, over in Twin Cade, how do you choose what goes on the floor? Is it just availability, or did you handpick certain titles based on? what you like to set high scores on or do you bring like the classic like games to attract people like your Ninja Turtles where I wouldn't put that in my basement because I'm going to play that once a year but Mm -hmm, yeah but like Mm -hmm. a Galaga or a Pac-Man I I could play because you're always
1: shooting for that high score yeah for sure I mean it's a it's honestly a little of all those things really Um, at first I was really like I want to curate it just like I want but then you know you see those games not performing Yep. so like uh I I had to have this game Quartet, which nobody really thinks is a good game. It's oh, uh, a you classic. Know? Um, I, I I love that game. Like How is it compared to game. the Sega Master System port of Quartet, Because is it's a Sega game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh I don't really know. I never think I don't I don't really remember the I just remember the arcade version okay. more than anything. I only I know, know the Sega home port, version, so, but, so that's the opposite. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um yeah, the arcade game's great, but I'll check out the Sega one and let you know for sure.
0: But yeah, so you, you put that in there, and nobody knew what it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, nobody played it. Um, I like that game Kid Nikki. Uh, nobody nobody mm-hmm. played that, and so I end up always pulling all the games, you know, that I try to curate. It seems like it, but um, so then you know, after that, I kind of realized I need to have a good mix of different things. So I always keep the classics, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, Pac Man, Galaga, all that stuff. People really react well, like people play the four player Konami games a lot.
0: Of course. Do you have There's NBA a- Jam over there too?
1: I do have NBA you Jam. Have that gets to. a lot of play. Yep.
0: We just we just posted up the uh, VGBS NBA Jam episode. And it's like oh, oh. yeah. That's so what I was like. I wondered if you have that up in in TwinCade.
1: Yep, yeah, got that. The Konami games I have. I have the um, uh, the Turtles. Not not in time, but the Turtles arcade and oh, yeah. uh, Sunset Sunset Riders, X Men, and Simpsons.
0: Uh, those are the That's classics, it. though. I mean, Sunset Riders yeah. has only come around like as retro gaming has come in the limelight. But the other three are like the, the classic beat em ups that we all played. I mean, if you had a six-player X-Men, you'd be right in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish I wouldn't have room for that thing. Hell, so no. massive. It's, Hell it's no. awesome, awesome though. <laughs> but Sunset Riders is one that I really wanted in the bar before we opened. And That's a cool so one. I, love, I love that game, yeah. And then uh, the fighting games do really well. Oh, of course. Um, I got a, you got your Mortal Kombat's. And... I got, um, you know, Mortal Kombat 2. And I got... Uh, four, which really isn't anybody's favorite, but people still play it. I have a Street Fighter Third Strike, which does really well. Nice. It's have like, you um reached out to the Mortal Kombat guys to see if they'll come do like an appearance over there? Yeah, yeah. Dan- Daniel Pacina came by. Unfortunately well, I, I was I was out of town that weekend which which sucked. You just I'm tell Piscina the... you just tell Pesina bar and he'll be <laughs> yeah, <awesome>. <laughs> yeah, I need to get him to come back so I can actually do some filming and stuff. There's a kid that lives uh real close to me. His name's uh, Ryan Bush. Do you know about him? He's a He's got a, a Twitch stream called Team Ripset. Actually, I think he now, maybe his stream is official Mortal Kombat really? stuff now. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't yeah.
0: know Ryan Bush.
1: Yeah, but he lives, he lives right around here, and he, he does all this Mortal Kombat stuff, and he's friends with all those guys, so he brought him into the bar, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, because I know, course, I, know um, I know Doc Max,
0: so I mean, I would just reach oh, out yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. Doc, because Doc's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm trying to get down there next Tuesday to Galvin Ghost to do some filming. Cause, um I'm kind of thrown around the idea of after after I was able to put together a half an hour of, of stuff on on um on Amazon, I was like, if I can do a half an hour, I can do ninety minutes, mm-hmm. so I kind of get in my head now that I can do an arcade documentary so yeah. i'm I'm gonna go down there and do some like preliminary filming at his arcade and try to put a little bit of footage together for maybe see if I can put a trailer together and see if it sounds interesting and I make may, may work on a documentary a full feature. So
0: nice. If you want to, so, yeah. if you want to do personal collectors, actually one of my arcades, um, I have a donkey Kong junior cocktail sitting in my dad's house in Cedar Lake right now. And it's like in mint condition. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. It's sitting there at his house because I'm, I'm not moving it around as I move around every two to three years. Um, oh yeah. yeah. My red tent comes with me. Cause that's, you know, steel and hardcore, but like, yeah, yeah. My, I got rid of like all my stand ups. Um, after my last my last move two times ago, but like my Donkey Kong Junior. freaking cabinet, it, it'd be like it's a it's a crazy one where you can see like the hole because I mean there, I guarantee there's a lot of hole in the walls that are um untouched like where mm-hmm. people have arcade games sitting in random spots. Oh yeah, there was actually a place called um is it Craft Vending over in South Bend, mm-hmm. and I went with um I don't know if you know the group Hacks hoosier arcade restoration society something like that um Uh, they're on they're on facebook but um before we even established that i kind of moved before hacks was even really became a thing but um we went to this i don't know if it was craft vending or ford vending but we went through this warehouse broken down missing a roof type deal warehouse and it was an arcade and pinball graveyard
1: Oh geez, that's like, the best like when you find hundreds those hundreds
0: <laughs> of arcade games, but they were all water damaged because was no oh, a roof. No. And like, there's a classic where I'm sitting there in a pile of in a trash heap that's frozen, and it's all old arcade artwork and manuals, and I'm like digging it out of ice and snow, oh, and, geez. and I've I salvaged all of it. Um, well, I was over there ripping apart um broken marquees and like all of the um the cabinets were all water damaged so i pulled out all the the boards i pulled out all the different um control sets and Mm marquee got tons of marquees um it was crazy and then we went to this bread locker a yeast locker and found about eight games that were preserved and we loaded that into a truck
1: (laughs) was was one of them your cocktail table that you have there
0: um, no, no, I, I got the oh, cocktail yeah. from a local collector, but, um, gotcha. yeah, we found a nice cool beer though. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and that, that was one of the ones that was savable though.
0: Yeah. It's, um, nice. it's still like, even though it was quote unquote savable, it still needs some work. They all do. But, um, yeah, yeah. We found like crystal castles, um, star Trek captain's chair. Um, there's a ton of different little cool games too, that we pulled out of there, like a joust and some other stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, but like they had so many awesome games that were just not salvageable and it was disappointing. But yeah, we're at yeah. least able to preserve Sad. what
1: we could. Yeah, yeah, that was the key. What's uh, what's in your red tent right now?
0: Um, so I have my red tent's a weird one. It's an officially converted PlayChoice Ten by Nintendo. Oh yeah,
1: that's right. I remember you told so me that. So I have Play cereals
0: just, yeah. for both. Um, so on my versus side, I have versus Gradius, which I've had installed in there since mm-hmm. for like years now. Yeah, because I'm trying to no death run it. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, <laughs> on the arcade version versus one's a little bit more difficult than the NES one, which mm-hmm. is weird. Um, so that's what I have. I've had that over there, even though I have chipsets for Mario and um, I even have Ninja J- Jar Jar Marukun from Japan, which uh, is a really yeah. rare one. I have that. Yep. Um, but I have like a, almost a complete set of versus chips. Uh, but on the PlayChoice Ten side, I have tons of stuff. I have the um. I have, like, all the Play Choice 10 games, the Mario 3 Contra. I have a copy of Greatest for that, too. Um, I also have the Mad Wizard, which is an NES homebrew that I have an actual on an actual board. So that's, like, one of the first ever Nintendo homebrew Play Choice 10 games. That's very cool. Yeah, because the thing is, is they make a cartridge slot or a cartridge converter for the Play Choice 10 where you can put your NES games on it. Oh yeah. For a while, I had this this game where it was like Kevin Power in Too Many Games, and it was a game that I bought at Too Many Games where you're driving this car up and down the road, running over people, and to get to Too Many Games, and it's perfect for an arcade. It was awesome, and I just had that in the cartridge slot, and I'm like, man, what if I could do a homebrew? So one of my buddies was able to get the Mad Wizard on a PlayChoice 10 cart, and actually have a box for it and everything which is really crazy
1: that's awesome i would love to have some of that kind of stuff in the arcade like homebrew games and Mm -hmm. you know indie games i would love to get some indie games in arcade cabinets i think that'd be amazing but
0: someday someday (laughs) yeah yep i would like to get like my nes homebrew uh black box challenge i'd like to get that in a play choice 10 someday but uh it's using a mapper 30 which is apparently made for nes homebrews because it uses more memory than a normal NES game back in the day did or some shit. I don't know. But um, either way, though, it's not, you can't put it on a PlayChoice 10 cartridge. Whereas some of my older releases, like I did, there's a commie killer that one of my buddies made and he put my face in it. He's shooting me because I was brainwashed by the Russian government. (laughs) (laughs) When when you beat me on every level, it says, buy my book, you capitalist pig. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But um, that one is easy to put on a PlayChoice 10, I was told. So I was like, well a freaking arcade shooter <laughs> yeah yeah but again like you'd probably run into the same thing that you did with uh you know your games that like kid nicky where people just won't play it
1: yeah let's you leave them on free play then people will play them
0: yeah that's true <laughs> that's true Oh, it's so so then. is that how TwinKade is? is that you actually have tokens there you go yeah through? we have
1: yeah we have tokens super which cool. is funny some some people complain about that on our facebook and stuff which is kind of funny why would they they're like we get a we get a lot of times on Facebook people are like every other arcade every other barcade in the world is free. I'm like no it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: um, actually when I was at Arcade and Video Game Room Expo, there was a triad of arcade owners, barcade owners too, and so like Galloping Ghost was their doc, and there was two other arcade runners. One of the arcades I don't think is no longer uh, in service. Um, it was actually one that was over in Joliet um, that they were running and they wanted VGBS to come out. And I'm only out there once a year for Midwest. So when I contacted him, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, we'd no longer in service, unfortunately. But, um, know. but basically they said that there's two ways you can go with a barcade. You could either go, um, the single like $10 or $20 in free play, or you could go quarters, and they said that the problem is if you don't have a galloping ghost style thousands of games selection, doing the the single the ten or twenty dollars is is tough for a smaller barcade if you don't have the selection. Yeah, um, yep. But but then when you do it quarter play, you run into number one the upkeep that you have to keep with the, all the mechanisms, and mm-hmm. num- and number two is that you're gonna have those certain. Uh, different machines and different pinball machines that just aren't going to make as much money. And then you you as the entrepreneur need to make the decision whether to pull them off the floor or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's that's crazy, though. And that's the thing, though. So some people are like, oh, you're not doing the trendy thing, Cade, You need to put it on free play. It's like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you do think that, there's, then there's... You're,
0: you'll have people that are just in to play games and not support the business
1: yeah. I think there's a place called headquarters in Chicago and they have theirs on free play but mm-hmm. then I think Emporium does not have them on free play so you know this is just the people that have been to yeah to headquarters and but they they upcharge their drinks you know what I mean like so
0: well I mean all you would have to do is come up with a, a I wouldn't upcharge the drinks because then you're gonna kill your clientele but yeah like for sure. I mean how much does galloping goes for an all-day play 20 bucks. 20 bucks. So, I mean, you would have to figure out an amount to make it worth your while. Because if somebody comes, if it's $5, is, it, is somebody going to spend $5 in, in your arcade in quarters? Maybe. Yeah. Um, $10? I don't know. Like, it has to be something that's small enough to where everyone will be like, hell yeah, I'll do that. No problem. Here's your 5 bucks. Yeah. Or, I mean, it would basically be a head charge. When they come in, they got to pay the head charge. Everybody has to pay it, though. Otherwise, you'll have people that will sneak on machines. And, oh, you'd, sure. and yep. you'd have to fucking monitor that, and that's another aspect that you don't want to do. But yeah, s- and see, we lose
1: all lose all our people that come in just for our awesome
0: beer list. Exactly. But So, I mean, there's too many, I would say, too many negatives to trying to go to free play. Yeah. Like it's yeah. actually smart just to keep it the way you're doing it.
1: I think the biggest reason that we wanted to go with tokens was um, because it, it helps us, like, if we meet somebody. Hey, we own this arcade. Here's some tokens. Come by. Oh, hell yeah. It's smart. Have something, have something to hand them. You know what I mean? Like, And, and was... plus, if you like retro
0: gaming, what fucking is more retro than actually a token going into an arcade and putting the token in yeah, and earning yeah. your play? Because here's the thing, and I've we've done this on VGBS before, got on my fucking soapbox. The reason why I don't like emulation on arcades is it doesn't feel the same. So if you put a game like Ninja Turtles on freaking free play, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to beat the game and I'm going to spend an hour on it and beat the game. And I'm not going to play it again. However, oh, yeah. if I got to pay a quarter, I'm going to get good at that game. Yeah. Yep. You're getting at that point, the old arcade experience with these games. So if somebody over there complains on your page, just be like, well, this is how it was back in the day in the arcades. Like if I put it yeah, on free sure, play, yep. you're going to beat Ninja Turtles and you're going to say you beat Ninja Turtles when you really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All you did
1: was pay some money. (laughs) It's funny you talk about that because I can remember years back when I I was like, felt like I got addicted to finding ROMs and having every ROM like on my old Xbox. And then I was like, I got all these, but I'm not fucking playing them. I'm like spending more time finding them and installing them Mm -hmm. and not playing anything. But so, yeah, that's that's a good reason to buy physical because then I'll actually play it. But
0: (laughs) well, there's that. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoy organizing things, obviously, since I have a bunch of fucking collector books that organizing things. Um, But the the innate part is is that I play everything and going back and actually having to play them all so I can write about them has Mm -hmm, given me more of an appreciation of the actual play aspect. Oh, absolutely. I feel like having the arcade on token is very necessary from a historical perspective because, and basically you'd be like, that's actually a a good thing that they're on there complaining like well we're an actual arcade we're not just putting games on free play for everybody to just get an experience i want you to come play in the arcade
1: yeah totally yep (laughs) yep the original experience
0: exactly and it's freaking crazy though like i mean i remember i wanted to do a barcade back when barcade the actual name came up And I was like, after I started looking into it, the whole food and drink aspect was like, well, that would be a nightmare.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. We just actually uh, upgraded our kitchen and we're launching a whole new menu next week. We installed a um, wood fire pizza oven. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) So we're using all all original, you know, we're using actual wood and cooking the pizzas like that. It's going to be amazing. It's a huge upgrade for us and that menu is going to start next week.
0: It's amazing, and you definitely have yep. to give a shout out to your wife because she's obviously, make, oh, yeah. making the world go
1: around. It's awesome. Yep. I mean,
0: what would we yeah, do well, without our wives?
1: <laughs> yep. we brought our loves together because she's, you know, she's she had a love for food and cooking and and cocktails and stuff like that, and she really likes making all these cool cocktails. And honestly, I I I, mean, I don't want to toot my horn, but I think the cocktails she makes are the best in the area, nice. obviously. But so, yeah. Do you do video game named cocktails? <laughs> uh, sometimes With this new pizza menu. I was trying to name them all space shooters, but yeah. they didn't. They didn't sound too delicious, like space mega force and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, you we, gotta we you try, gotta do but... what I
0: did on uh Instagram. I was like, oh, everybody's talking about the space force. Well, you gotta play space mega force. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just classics. Yeah, just go to the Sega Genesis shooters. Nobody will know what you're to, talking about.
1: Who wants to eat the
0: Truxton though? I don't know. The Truxton. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to use a um, like a that, but then a a tasty synonym. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you're doing Galaga, you'd have to do like, I don't know, like like some kind of synonym that is with a G. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because otherwise, yeah, the names aren't gonna work.
1: <laughs> the it could be the pew pew.
0: Yeah, the pew pew. It sounds like poo though. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you already know. the most. I think people will just set our menu down and like no. Decline food. <laughs> no food place, just give me bees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna start doing a delivery too, which will, will be pretty interesting to see. Interesting. Since we got the new pizza oven and I don't I don't think there's a lot of wood fire pizza ovens in this area, really. There's maybe only no. three or four I can think of. I don't even so. know
0: of that, but I mean I've been out of the area so long that but like whenever I go in town, like I don't ever remember getting any kind of wood fire.
1: Right, I know there's a truck that goes around to places and it's really good, and they have like a wood fire thing on their truck, and that's a really good place. But nice. they don't have a restaurant or anything, or deliver, of course. So, yeah, hopefully so you that know you're ab-
0: you're you're about to open up another logistical nightmare for your managers. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. Because now there's the fourth aspect. Now you get the fourth aspect with people yep. pissed off that their that their delivery was late or something.
1: Like God. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna keep going, you know. We're gonna have game rentals next and all that stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rent out the arcade game. Got to pick it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Crazy. Are you ever think about doing like a um little console corner or something? Like have like a little, <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, couch yeah. or something. You can go chill out and play some Mario yeah.
1: and. Well, I always have a at our. We have four TVs up at our bar, yeah. and I I always keep a PlayStation Four and a Switch up there, so those are always available and people just run up and play those which is cool i think it's fun to go to a bar and just sit with the playstation and play you know whatever absolutely when i first opened like my original goal was i bought four retrons for each of those tvs and uh basically yeah the retrons (laughs) but uh i was trying to have those up there so i could pop in any you know actual cartridge from an old game and get them going but it it just it wouldn't work out with the wireless controllers there's a space between where the consoles have to go and then the bar workers and then the bar so i had to have wireless controllers yeah and just all four of those weren't working out but um so the
0: avs um by retro
1: usb oh yeah their wireless controller works a lot better do you think they'll work if they have like say i had four of them though would those start to fight with each other though like, I don't two, know. Two next to each other. That's where, like... Well, I... you'd be looking at those uh, RetroBit
0: controllers now, and I think they have yeah. fixed the Bluetooth on those to where they connect decently. But you got to think about it. If you're using a Bluetooth controller, there's a possibility anybody with their phones is going to jack with that on accident. Yeah. Like, Accidentally but like I get the, it to
1: connect to their phone or something yeah
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like it may, yep. there's a possibility when you're in a, p- a public setting like yours that it might be bad but mm-hmm. having like one out there would just be cool um and the avs has perfect emulation for nes i think it's the analog super nt or whatever for the super nintendo that's the mm, oh, super yeah. nintendo one yeah. i don't have that one yet i need it um, yeah, that looks
1: awesome. I need to get one of those, too.
0: Yeah, because I got the limited edition AVS. So I, I pre-ordered it when they first launched it, so I got like this nice. crazy clear one that's like limited. It's really Sweet. awesome. But um, that one plays like on an actual giant HDTV, no lag type deal. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the same from Analog for the Analog NT, so that's what I got to get is the Super Nintendo one of that. And then they just need to make an HD Genesis that's perfect. Somebody needs to do that. Nobody has yet because Sega still markets. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the the classicness. The... So in your bar, though, you could have an EverDrive too.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we uh we do a tournament every Tuesday, and we always do that on actual hardware. A lot, you know, it'll be Smash Brothers a lot of times and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. We'll bring out the sixty fours and stuff like that, and we've gone all the way back to doing um, did like track and field tournament.
0: Nice. And yeah, I, I think that's like, like
1: but... that's probably the most
0: cool, uh, the, the coolest part of possibly running something like that would be the tournaments and the events and the stuff that you rarely have time to do. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that's the coolest part to me. And it's like, my thing that I'm thinking is that when I retire from my job, which is in like another six years, so it's not that far, I'll have a pension and everything. Um, People that are long-time listeners of VGBS probably already know what I do. But uh, <laughs> but I'm probably going to just open up a bookstore, like literally, and have a console area like where it's just chill. It's just so I can play yeah, games yeah. and research. I'm literally just going to use it as a, a place because I'm not going to be able to stay focused when I don't have somewhere to go. So I want an office to go to. But my office yeah. is going to be like the bookstore, and uh, my wife wants to do um, drunken cupcakes <laughs> uh. she already has a business plan and everything there's some there's some companies that are doing it a little bit, but she was gonna do it in a different way that nobody does right now which is which would be cool um so so what is that so basically uh my wife's an awesome baker she can make amazing desserts and stuff, and she's going to infuse uh cupcakes with alcohol. Oh, oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> and then she'll sounds, do normal ones. Sounds dangerous, yes. And she has a way to market it and all that. And like, so basically, we got to find a place where it's there's two buildings, and that in the building there's two businesses. So I'm, so I'm going to have my bookstore, and I want it in conjunction with whatever she's doing. So oh, that yeah. Way I can just be there too to help out. Um, yeah, and of course I'll have like coffee at my place. So that'd be
1: about it. Mm-hmm. Just coffee. <laughs> yep, you'll meet, you'll meet the best people doing that type yep. of thing, but that'd be awesome. And that's literally for me is that if I keep it like that,
0: just the bookstore. Um, when I cause I'm gonna start going to conventions because there's a convention every weekend. Mm-hmm. So like I'll just go to conventions on the weekends when when they're available, and that's what I'll do. Is it it'll, it won't be open on the weekends a lot of times, and if it yeah. is, then we'll run a tournament or something. Yeah. But like literally, it's just gonna be a hangout spot, and I think my wife has said multiple times she wants to live in Tampa, Florida, so that might be where it'll be. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, never know. Um, but yeah, that's literally it's just it'll be Hagen's Alley Books. That's, that's it's what it's gonna be, and it's just gonna be a storefront for my books. And by then, I'll probably have like a million because I have ten in the last few years. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just keep on trucking along. But that's the idea though, is that to have like a little console area where you can just sit around on some couches and have some couch co-op and anything yeah. that I'm buying now, HD wise, will hopefully still be able to support whatever in five years from now or six years yeah, from now. Yeah,
1: whatever connections then. Yeah. But what's but, the um what's the what was the first uh, year of a book release you did? So
0: the one that I personally did like that I published as Hagen's Alley Books was in twenty fifteen. However, my first book published was back in it started in twenty ten to twenty twelve, it was published in Europe. Mm. And that was Hidden Treasures actually, which is what I'm now re-releasing as Hidden oh, Gaming yeah. Gems generation by generation. And nice. it was released in Europe. The um they did all the layouts and it was it was really like the layouts are kind of poor, um, like where the imagery was small and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite what I would have done, but they they were like, "Hey, we'll publish your, you as an author," and I'm like,
1: "Oh, so you had a publisher?" For yeah, that. yeah awesome. I had a
0: publisher in Europe, um, and I actually I'm going to put a cover, the original cover, which I've never put anywhere. I'm going to put that in the book, in the Hidden Game oh, yeah. book, as a tribute. It was yeah. by Pixel Nation Publishing, which right after 2012 they went out of business. Um, they did uh, three magazines like Pixel Nation Magazine, three issues of a magazine that I wrote in as well. Um, And they were really cool. Um, I think I sold a lot of books uh, in Europe. Um, Nobody in the States knew about it because it was really – it wasn't even a thing yet. Nobody was really starting to go back to analog and get physical books and stuff.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, then I – after they folded in 2012, I actually got the files from him which were locked, a locked PDF, so I had to, like, hack it, hack my own book, because um, <laughs> they did the editing and the layouts. So yeah. I literally didn't have that. So I had to re, I had to take it, hack it, and then I didn't know anything about editing or anything. So in 2012, I remade my entire book in Microsoft Word, which was fun. <laughs> and so then I, re- I put it up on, um, I think it's called Blurb is the website, but it's like a print-on-demand website.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, people can
0: still to this day spend $90 to get a really thin paperback only of Hidden Treasures color. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, it looks terrible, like, comparatively, because putting it in Word, there's, like, giant margins around it. I was like, ugh. Mm -hmm. But, um, so there's a a black-and-white-and-a-color version of that book floating around, and then after that, then I was like... I wanted that pocket NES guide and after I figured out how to do the hidden treasures that I started moving to that. And then shortly after that, I figured out InDesign and I was like, Oh, oh yeah. this is how you're supposed to do it. I'm yeah, fucking retarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the complete NES, my first release, the collector's book was done in Microsoft word as well, which is crazy. Oh, it was, yeah. All yeah. that fucking imagery in Microsoft word. Like Jesus. Yeah. It's all manual too because there's no lining things up automatically. It's all everything has to be done bit by bit.
1: Yeah. I think We're, Microsoft Word's pretty terrible to do anything in. It is horrible. <laughs> yeah. So
0: after that though, so like when I re-release the complete NES, it's going to be done in InDesign and be fucking ridiculous looking. It's going to be awesome. awesome. Yeah. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I'm have some kind of crazy border around it. It'll be It'll be cool as shit and but basically that's where I got jumped onto the the books <laughs> was is that um, everybody wanted a Super Nintendo book after that, and mm-hmm. yeah, I obviously. had other ideas. I mean, it's just like you with your side quests, and we all have ideas of the stuff that we love to do. So, like my Culture Chronicles, having full page spreads, uh, art spreads with like blurbs about the games, like more like mm-hmm. a short magazine intro type deal, but in a full book that covers every game from that year. So, oh, yeah, so nineteen ninety one is every single thing that was released in nineteen ninety one, but it's like a highlight. So it's like, oh, here's what yeah. happened in 90 and like in 1990, I got Thor Ackerland to talk about, uh, the Nintendo world championships and
1: <laughs> cause, Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I got <laughs> nice. the world record holder to talk about how to set a world record on the Nintendo world championships. And like, nice. I got a lot of cool like interview pieces in there and just going into it. Now, when, whenever I finally get to 92, cause it's now been a couple years, um, when I get to ninety two, it's gonna be probably gigantic because I'm not gonna be as selective.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, everything and the thing is though is my business plan is is crazy because I don't take any money from my business; I put it all back into it and get extra books or do other stuff with it. Yeah, um, yeah. You Fund
1: your projects, your other projects, and all that.
0: Yeah. So my idea is is that when I do anything from here on out, because now Hidden Gaming Gems brings Hagen's Alley books full circle this will be the volume one on the spine this everything will be full circle so from here on out if it's not a complete book like a collector's book i'm probably Mm -hmm. going to just do a reach out to all the backers reach out to all the supporters and we'll do like a pre-order type deal yeah and when i hit the certain minimum amount to do the print run i'm going to do the print run and it's going to be limited so like for 92 it'll be a limited type deal probably yeah. Yep. And that'll be really cool because those books are um So you won't you won't really carry extra stock that you can take around to
1: conventions and stuff then or
0: That'll be the thing is I won't yeah. have a whole lot of extra stock. Like I'll probably do a few extras just for that purpose for that year. But oh then yeah. Just to garner more interest and to meet more cool people because my thing is I like that I a lot of the people that support my books, like, it's gotten to the point where I can't keep track of everybody, unfortunately, but there's a oh, lot yeah. of people yeah. that I can shoot the shit with, and at every convention, I'm sitting there. That's why my table's always full, because I, like, know everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can go to every city and have friends. That's really cool. That's awesome.
0: It's freaking cool as shit, and I just think it's fun to me. And yeah, yeah. I tried, because 90 and 91 were done on Patreon, and they were pretty, pretty successful. I might redo that on Patreon. And just do the the book release on Patreon, but I don't know
1: if I like quite like Patreon. There's something about yeah. it. And you you kind of you kill it on Kickstarter, really. Like, yeah. After after I backed it, and then I went back like a day later to see how you were doing, and it was like, what? You're like almost at your goal, or, you know? Like so quick. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, it was it was really impressive and cool that you and, that. And I so never asked for in, like
0: so. I never asked for like a ridiculous amount of money either. Like yeah, I put I, I put six grand on this one because it's like oh six grand to give me a small print run. Like, I could do 100 books at, at that, and it yeah, takes yeah. about 100 backers to get there. So, because I think I have about 100 backers right now, like or for physical releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the extra stuff is just cost, and I'll just figure it out, the logistics, like the slip cases and stuff. Yeah,
1: so. I, mean, these, I mean, these books are worth way more than what you're charging anyway, so, like, <laughs> definitely, well, like, the size of them. Like, I had my three-year-old try to hold it, and he was like struggling to hold it up I was cracking up I was like check this out this is a book (laughs) it's awesome And
0: the thing is though is that like and and Kyle and I have talked with it I don't even think we've talked with it on VGBS I think we just talked about it like offline but there's like a I don't want to make it an exclusive thing where only the people that can afford to get the books yeah I could charge 60 bucks for the book but then it's like Mm -hmm. everybody can't afford it at 60 bucks because that's like a Like, but like for the giant ass book, forty bucks is like that's binge worthy for me. Like, I would buy it at forty bucks no matter what.
1: And and that's why the Kickstarter is good.
0: Yeah, and Kickstarter is great. So it's like that's why like doing forty and then like fifty dollars to cover my my expenses online that's perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. my complete NES, the first one I did because I wasn't doing printing the way I'm doing it now. I think I had to charge seventy bucks for the book, and it was half the size. So, like, I had to charge extra money. And I think that's where the other publishers that were doing the giant books got their pricing from. was from my Kickstarter. And it's like, well, yeah. that was only because I was printing with the company and they were upcharging and all this extra stuff. Um, now that I'm doing it more organically and I'm a publishing company, because I'm, I'm, I'm registered LLC and everything. So, yeah, actually a publishing company, not self-publishing or anything. Um, now... I can sell like the smaller books for twenty bucks. Like my yeah, yeah. my compendium, a Nintendo compendium that's online, it's twenty dollars. And it's still like three hundred pages.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not
0: six hundred and thirty like giant, but it's still, you know it's so like I charge twenty bucks for that when I when we pre order, so then it's like thirty online in the store. And so like thirty bucks is super cheap compared to anything else. Um but if you think about it in Barnes and Noble terms, I mean, if you go to Barnes and Noble, any books, they're, they're really cheap, like five bucks. <laughs> like, and I don't know how people do that.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. The volume.
0: Yeah. Like they, it's gotta be volume. Cause like I saw like the, the, you're playing with power books and stuff and they're like 20 bucks or 10 bucks. And I'm like, how do they do that? And it's gotta be distribution.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's the book that came out at the same time as the, as the SNES classic, right? Mm-hmm. I, yep. I, I have that. Yeah, that's in like Targets and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I
0: mean, I've marketed toward, like, I think the NES oddities and the Nintendo compendium may be going into Barnes & Noble.
1: Oh, um, nice. That would be sweet.
0: But because I'm a small publishing company, I have to jump through extra hoops. So, yeah. like, I've been waiting for a um, a response, but then I moved. So I don't even know if they responded or not, like type deal. It's kinda hard for me to keep logistical track on that stuff.
1: Yeah. My well, I, see a, I see you have a barcode, so mm-hmm. you're yep. good to go there for stores, but
0: Yeah, the only thing that I added to the definitive Super Nintendo that I don't have on my other releases, which I have to add now, is my name on the spine. Like if you oh, don't I... have your name on the spine, they won't carry you. Oh,
1: that's a requirement? Wow.
0: Yeah. So with the NES Oddities and the Nintendo Compendium, that would be the only reason why they won't carry my books is because my name is not on the spine. Um, but I I put in my submission, I said, there's lots of contributors to this book. That's kind of yeah. why I didn't put my name on the spine on any of my other releases because I have right. multiple people contributing. Um, but they're requiring it, so it's on there now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so um, you mentioned your first like arcade was Dragon's Lair, right?
1: Yeah, the first one I bought. Uh, yeah. So my
0: NES that's Oddities good. book, you know, the cover artist is the co- is one of the artists from Dragon's Lair, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Like really, really crazy.
1: Like he was was he at MGC? At he was. Usually?
0: Yeah, I like I put him in. I put um. His I call it his handler Charles, but uh, he's another artist. But they kind of yeah. they kind of hang out together. Um, I put Charles in contact with Dan, like, and they, they were able to get in last year, which was awesome because I met them at Replay FX in Pittsburgh. And Philo did um Philo Barnhart's his name is the mm-hmm. artist. He Disney. He's a former Disney artist. Like, did he did the artwork for Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and The Black Cauldron, um, Secret of Nim and dragon's lair <laughs> like a lot of bigger shit than dragon's lair actually yeah yeah yeah. but sure. um he also acted in mary poppins believe it or not <laughs> it's like crazy shit but um i met them there and like philo did an art a art piece for my daughter with princess peach and um rosalina and daisy and then i just shot the shit with him and and charles and Charles is another one of them crazy asses where he's awesome, but he's he does a lot of horror based art, which is amazing. Gotcha, yeah. And um, I got in contact with them, shooting the shit with them, and I got them into arcade and video game room expo because they were they needed vendors, and I'm like, well, you got this guy who lives in Chicago because they live in Chicago.
1: I'm mm-hmm. like,
0: you got this guy who lives in Chicago who is like a legend in the business, like, and they got him in there, and then we. Went and Kyle and I went and did sake shots with him. <laughs> and, oh, very cool! <laughs> really fun. And then through that, like I just I would just tell Charles like where I'm going, and he would kind of do do the magic from there. And so like they got into MGC, which is local for him. And yeah, I mean it's I mean the thing is though is the guy's part of history, so I I don't see any convention that wouldn't want him part of that.
1: Yeah, and, for sure. What? Uh, so he's gonna do a cover?
0: He already did the NES Oddities in the Homebrew Revolution. Oh
1: yeah oh, nice
0: yeah he did the Very cover cool. for that so it's like mario looking freaked out with a bunch of crazy ass video game related things that don't make any sense behind him so Very cool. yeah my yeah. nes out of these book is unlicensed games famicom games that don't require japanese to enjoy uh 500 plus nes homebrew games it's the first place to ever categ- uh, catalog all those um That's so, yeah and then i have all the versus games and the play choice 10 games all out there um Every PlayChoice 10 game has a topper. Um, there's some PlayChoice 10 games that were released without toppers, so I got with some of the repro guys. Um, one mm-hmm. guy's Riddick Rick. Um, I got with him, and I created them all for the ones, and I gave him the high res ones so he can make reproductions of the so so people can get a complete topper now collection. Oh, nice! Um, That's awesome. So I did that for the PlayChoice 10 section. I have unreleased stuff. I have crazy, like, competition carts and really rare games. Like, that's what's in the NES Odyssey. That's a 500-page book.
1: <laughs> that sounds amazing. I can't wait to get that one. Oh, it's that's
0: freaking awesome. That's the one that has the four on the spine. Believe it or not.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so my complete series is going to be
0: the ones – it's going to start with hidden gaming gems to, to show all the generations of games. And then mm-hmm. it goes to all the complete series. So you got Complete NES is Volume 2, Complete SNES is Volume 3. NES yeah, Oddities three. will be Volume 4. Um, and then from there, Volume 5, I'm, I'm already, I think, 400 pages in. Which I'm working on multiple books at the same time. Volume, oh, five, yeah, volume 5 is um anybody who was part of the Complete SNES defin- and the NES Oddities, they voted on it. They want the Complete
1: Genesis and Mega Drive. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be awesome. So it's already I'd laid out.
0: I already got the layouts done. So um, I'm working on the homebrew section for Genesis and Mega Drive, which there's 500 fucking homebrew games for the Genesis. Oh, really? I'm wow. Like, yeah. God damn. And, and the thing is, is yeah. that nobody categorizes or catalogs them. So it's mm-hmm. all over the fucking web. You can barely find an imagery on it, let alone like who made them and all that. So I'm reaching out to people. Um, that's the hardest part. That was the hardest part of the yeah. NES oddities was the homebrew section. But I know the NES homebrew guys. Like I, I know a lot of the programmers, so it's I had a way in. And it's also why in my Nintendo Compendium I have a research section, um, and an interview section with the NES homebrew guys. So I have like a a hundred pages of interviews with guys creating new Nintendo games.
1: Oh, that's so cool! Which is yeah. fun.
0: Um, but with Genesis, I don't have that in, so I'm like. Doing the research now, and I probably won't release the book till next year. Maybe is there? Maybe is there
1: a gen- genesisage.com? dot com?
0: There is um <laughs> Sega Age, like Nintendo Age. There's Sega Age, but nobody goes on there. there I think it's Sega 16com yeah, yeah. sixteen dot com is the form that I see a lot of the postings. Right. Um, because the thing is, it's not even Nintendo Age. That's the popular one for my for when I did my research. It was Nest Dev NES oh, Dev. Really? Oh wow, yeah. That's where all the developers go, and like, so I was able to do a lot of research there, but the the homebrew section is is the hardest part. But the thing is, though, is that if nobody catalogs those; they won't get cataloged. Yeah. yeah so and the thing is, though, is go into
1: obscurity if you don't.
0: Yeah. That I'm gonna run out of size though, because what I learned with the definitive SNES is if I go over 500 pages, it seems to be a little bit of a logistical nightmare. Because NES oddities 500. No issues. We got to 630, then I had that spine thing or whatever. It's like, if I keep it a little smaller.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I kind of want to do a a firm cutoff around 500, and we'll see. Which sounds ridiculous, because nobody does 500-page books except for, like, a couple of us. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, with the Genesis, it's just going to be a beast. Because I'm doing Genesis, PAL-exclusive Mega Drive games, Japanese-exclusive that don't require Japanese to enjoy. Bootlegs, There's a lot of bootlegs. Um, There's a ton of unreleased games. Like, it's just going to be ridiculous. And then it's like, do I just go to Sega CD and 32X? They're all part of the same system release. Yeah. <laughs> They're not yeah. that big. It's like, uh It's just, I'll, I'll see where on that page count-wise. And worst case scenario, we'll do a smaller release for the others. Like, it'll be... Right, yeah. The add-ons. Because I'll do them. Like, I mean... And that's the other thing, too, is that having the NES oddities as a separate release is kind of cool because it allows you to, those that are focused on completing the licensed Nintendo collection, have a book for it. And then if you want more, I got this whole giant fucking tome of everything else Nintendo. If you think you've played it all, there are games in there you've never heard of, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I said in there, and people are, oh, I'll find a game. That I I know them all, and I'm like... Go through the homebrew section. There's shit that the homebrew game creators don't even know exists.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, I found out stuff that I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and there's games that come out all the time. Like, I got two games in this last week. Which we actually could talk about a little bit if you're, if you're interested in NES homebrew at all.
1: I don't know much about homebrew, but I'd love it. to hear about them.
0: So... The first game that I got is by one of my buddies He's contributed. He actually was the editor of The Complete NES back in 2012 to 2015 when I released it. Um, It took three years to release that book, by the way. Um, He released Ninja 1 and 2 on the Nintendo. So that one, um, he ended up releasing Ninja 1 back last year. And it is essentially track and field but with ninja stuff.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> so
0: you got like your shuriken toss, or you got your wall climb as ninjas, and it's all like tapping the buttons really fast, classic style, like a perfect arcade type treat. Um, and it was literally a programmer on Nintendo age, had the game, Um, and Sergio Elizondo is, is the guy who, who released it, and he's calling it, I think he's just calling it, I don't know if he calls it Toshido, or if he's calling it um Sergio and the Holograms, or... Because he's a multi-talented dude. Not only is he like um, a, a professor, but he also is a musician where he plays uh, music at conventions. So he was at Game On, and he brings these holograms that he puts behind him that are videos of him playing the other instruments, and then he plays the lead guitar to it live.
1: Oh, very cool. That sounds awesome. And
0: he calls it Sergio and the Holograms, like Jim and the Holograms type deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, but it's holograms <laughs> with him, and him and his freaking fiance, wife, girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married yet. They might be. He'll probably yell at me for that. Um, <laughs> but like basically, they do some awesome work. But then he releases freaking Nintendo games. So he took Ninja One and Two to Kickstarter. Um, it was funded, and it's essentially a multi cart of that Ninja One and then the sequel Ninja Two, which is essentially just more refined and more games that the that yeah, the creator yeah. made, and he published them. And the games are really fun, one-off. It's not like a Ninja Gaiden or a Contra or like a full NES experience, but it's more of that arcade-style experience. Um, yeah. Anybody who's familiar with my NES Oddities book, I did some hearts and half-hearts in the book. So in the Super Nintendo definitive that you have, I put hearts next to some of like my must-plays, ones I feel like are amazing experiences. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Um, and because I don't want to rate the games, because if I rate a game shitty and it was your favorite game, it would kind of piss you off. Yeah, and yeah, I just want positivity with the books. Yeah. So with the NES oddities, with the homebrew section, I put a heart next to anything to me that felt like a full Nintendo experience, mm-hmm. and then I put a half, like a half heart or a quarter heart, like Zelda style. Um, I put that a heart piece. Next to those games that I felt are like really cool, really well done, they're more like an arcade style experience, like a smaller gotcha. NES experience. That is what Ninja mm-hmm. One and Two is. It's like an arcade style experience, and really cool game, pretty small. Um, I actually backed or pre-ordered or whatever for um. For the first, uh, the first two, I actually got the the limited editions. So I don't know if you're familiar with limited edition releases on the NES. Uh,
1: no, uh, is that a, is that a company doing stuff? Or... No,
0: no. Yeah, like you're thinking limited run games. No, um. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm so very familiar with them, but so limited editions is crazy. It's like just it's a section that I put in the NES oddities because mm-hmm. like there'll be like five copies of a game that somebody will release and it'll like the ninja one came with a ninja star and a fan Japanese fan and some extra stuff like it's just basically like you would see in new school games where they do an le Mm -hmm. but they do nes le's and so like the cartridge will be a a clear cartridge and or it'll be something special and have special artwork or like uh, there's one release that i have it's um it's called get Him Gary. And it's essentially like fix it. Felix from the or elf movie, but it's with the, the, his own characters. And the LE comes with like a lunch pail and oh, nice. a bunch of crazy artwork and a comic book. And like, some of them come with the soundtracks of the games. Um, so that's the, the cool thing is that it, the LE section, it used to be like really popular to where the point where like they would sell it immediately um oh, nowadays it's not as crazy and people don't do them as much because of that
1: yeah it sounds very cool though
0: but yeah so like the um the kickstarter one it's um actually it's sergio Elizondo toshi three studios <laughs> is what he put on it long fucking name
1: um, i think a ninja could be a good tournament game for twin yeah yeah absolutely sounds like a track and field type things those things are real fun to get Get people going,
0: yeah. And I think he said he's going to sell the non Kickstarter, which will be a gray cart, classic Nintendo style right. version. Um, he said he's going to release those soon, so I can shoot you a link whenever Sergio yeah, posts it up or sure. whatever, because I try to help him out. Um, but that so that's a, one of the games that I got CIB in the mail. I backed him on Kickstarter. The other game, it's called Action Fifty Three, but it's Volume Three. Revenge yeah, I've of heard about the Twins. This. So, Action Fifty Two was the classic shit game for the NES, made by mm-hmm. Active Enterprises, and it was poorly programmed. Action Fifty Three is kind of a tribute, making fun of it. I have all three volumes. The first volume um, was released in conjunction with um, an awesome ass game called Streamers, which was a remake of an Action Fifty Two game, but like more like buying commando, and it's a full fucking NES game. It's amazing. Oh, um, nice. And then they do on Nest Dev and Nintendo Age combined, they do a competition every year for NES homebrew games. And so, starting with Volume 1, they released a compilation of the winners and everybody who participated in that competition on one cartridge. So, Action 53 Volume 3 has 23 games.
1: And that's, that's, yeah, that's what that became. That was Action 53 Volume 1. Mm-hmm.
0: That became Action 53 Volume 1, which, cool, the, that's awesome. which the highlight game was, um, it was the streamers game. And then Volume 2 had a highlight of a, of a game, and that was the next year's competition, which I think ended up being about three years later, because it took them a while to release Volume 1. Um, yeah. So this year's, and this isn't this year's, this is last year's, um, Volume 3, um, has games on here like Twin Dragons, Nebs and Debs, Haunted Halloween 85, which are a year back games. They were all part of the 2016 coding competition. And like Twin Dragons ended up going to Kickstarter, getting fully funded. And the game is released as a full NES experience. Like it's out. Haunted Halloween 85, same thing. Yeah, I have have that. That game is amazing. And the guys who run um, Retrotainment are amazing. They've released 86 now, the sequel.
1: Oh wait, I have 86, sorry. I have 86.
0: Yeah, so like Kyle and I we love 85. Um 86 is like te- technically better in every aspect. They've yeah. added so much to it. Um but those are like the the top 3. They're like they put demos of those games uh, on there. But then there's like um crazy ass games called Flappy Jack and Filthy Kitchen and some of your games that are more arcade style experiences and they're all yeah. on here. Which is awesome. And so, like, the thing that's cool is that they put this out there every year. Um, they do a release. Uh, it's typically, they do, like, a limited edition release where they'll do a certain amount. That'll be, like, in a clear cartridge. And then the rest will be in a gray cartridge. So I got the clear one. Just got that in the mail, too. Awesome. Um, and th- so those two are, are pretty cool. And that's what I support instead of the newer stuff. Like, I'll get, like, physical Switch games. Because the Switch is hitting my nostalgia buttons perfectly Mm -hmm. right now. But um, then I support all my buddies who do NES games, which are really freaking fun. And, you know, since I did my NES Oddities book, I've gotten to know a lot of the programmers, too. So it's like everything that those guys are doing is, is cool as shit.
1: Yeah, I would love to know more about homebrew stuff, and I definitely love supporting that stuff, too. Like, that's how I ended up with the Haunted Halloween game, too, uh, Mm -hmm. because that guy's always at MGC. Yep. And I bought it in in 2017, so.
0: And they got a new game called Full Quiet that they had funded on Kickstarter, which is, like, a multi-genre NES game that is doing stuff that the NES has never done. And it looks awesome. They haven't released it yet. Oh, very cool. (laughs) They have uh,
1: there's a Kickstarter for it though?
0: Um, it was last year, I think, fully funded at the end of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, They're probably still pre-orders on their website as they're Mm -hmm. pretty good about supporting the community. Yeah. And they were, um, apparently they had a demo of it at MGC, but, uh, Drunken Shenanigans, I never was able to quite play it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So where stuff gets crazy though is that there was a, um, at MGC, there was a limited edition demo cart homebrew demo cartridge that was sold. And where any, that's where NES homebrew gets crazy. And so it's called Bite the Chili Productions is a guy who um, has released a few games. Mm-hmm. And he's working on this Metroid-style platformer. And one of the other homebrew guys was like, hey, we could do a release t- tomorrow at MGC. So they literally made some cartridges at MGC and sold them and I got a copy (laughs) and it's like a demo cart. It has some, some of his full games on there as well as this new game that's coming up and it looks amazing. Very cool. But that's the thing where like, if you're in the know, you can get some really cool stuff. But if you're an OCD collector, it gets crazy (laughs) because like there's shit out there that there's only like 20 copies of. And it's, yeah, yeah. this game. And so, like, in my NES oddities, though, I tried to document as best as possible all the limited edition releases, all the games out there that feel like that were released as a full release, all the digital of digitally available games. So, like, demos and crazy shit you can play online and stuff that was on the horizon and a lot of the shit that's on the horizon has been released now. So like there's a bunch of craziness there's a Colwitz gamers adventure that's released every year at in up in Washington State at the Cowitz charity oh convention. yeah
1: yeah, I'm familiar with that Expo they do a game every year with their with yep. their and so very cool
0: I have volume one and or one and two and they're both amazing games like they're that's just awesome. really solid games um actually got done with the NES Oddities Homebrew section, and then they announced volume two, and I'm like, damn it. So I had to put like an addendum in the back. Here are the six games (laughs) that were announced right right before I published. (laughs) Yeah, while
1: I'm writing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so then that's when people ask me, they're like, so when are you going to do another volume of the NES Oddities? Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, it's the NES Homebrew section. I might just do like a a homebrew addendum, like Mm -hmm. shit that's come out in the last couple of years, every every so often, if I get time. Right. But here's the problem. I have how many consoles that I haven't covered yet in the complete series? <laughs> infinite. <Right>. infinite. <laughs> so it's like, uh, maybe I will eventually.
1: <laughs> hey, I just need to cover some that have like eight games or whatever. Virtual Boy. Oh, here's, my yeah. next, here's my next book. It's four pages. Whatever.
0: <laughs> like the the systems that i have to cover like the G- Sega Genesis is one. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody's done a complete Turbo PC engine book.
1: That'd be um, amazing.
0: And the thing was is there's authors that have done like compilations of games. I mean, Brett Wise has done um some awesome books, but they're only text-based. So like he did oh. he did this like volumes of books where he did one of them has NES in it and 7800 and Master System, but it's just all like small paragraph text blocks on all the games. No no art. To me, the box art as a kid and it was what drove me to buy games. So that's a nostalgia. I had to have the box art. Oh, yeah. And then the screenshots, it's like, how many times have you collected games and you don't even know because you haven't had time because it's in your backlog to play these NES games? And then you look mm-hmm. at the screenshot like, holy shit, this looks cool. That's drove me to play games.
1: <laughs> oh yeah for sure
0: and then you go to the famicom section and it's like oh i've only seen these in rom names before oh here's here's the freaking art and here's the screenshot this game looks fucking mm-hmm. amazing there's a power rangers game on the nes holy shit yeah <laughs> like like so many and that's where it has allowed me to take my passion and get a deeper appreciation for each system um and doing a turbo graphics game like that or book like that would be amazing
1: yeah, that would, I would love to see that.
0: Um, and then there's the classic that nobody thinks about, even with these NES minis and SNES minis. I want to do a Game Boy book. Original Game Boy.
1: Yeah, that'd be very cool.
0: Nobody's touched like that, and there's people that move from NES and Super Nintendo to Game Boy collecting, and it's just, like, one of those untapped things that... So, like they're, And the thing is, though, is it takes me two to three years to do a book. So, <laughs> And I've been releasing books every year as just because I have stuff that's I've been working on for a long time. I've been working on hidden gaming gems for like since 2012 when it originally released, I've been working on formatting it better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where the books all kind of line up and get them out there, but it's, I'm not doing anything faster than anybody else. I'm just OCD.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you're working on multiple books at once you said too. So, Mm -hmm. yep. So,
0: I'll be doing my first non gaming book release, which is gonna be a really, really tiny release. My daughter's book. <laughs> London's Big Book of Ponies. <laughs> my little oh, pony um. book. <laughs> what do you guys? Uh, writing it together or what Yep, yep. She did nice. all the all the, the text. She's six, so it was when she yeah. was like three or four, she was talking about the ponies and I literally wrote what she was talking about, which is Very hilarious. Cool. And then she handpicked all the imagery. Um, and it's going to be like an 80 page book. It'll be tiny, little thing. Um, I'm going to publish it with, uh, Charles Moissant, which is the guy who knows Philo Barnhart, you know, the Disney guy. He does right. a publishing company too. I'm going to publish with his comic company and make it. It's going to be
1: more, more a chapter book or, or, or children's book.
0: Children's book. hundred percent. It's yeah. just, it's just her favorite ponies. Um, a little bit of like her collection, It'd Be something that she can look back at when she grows up too. Um, nice and it's 80 pages i'm not gonna get it licensed by hasbro or anything i'm just gonna release it to anybody who might be interested and that's it i'm gonna print on demand type deal i'm gonna deal yeah i'm not gonna market it or anything it's literally just for my daughter (laughs) super cool though yeah i mean i guarantee you i could get it marketed and all of that with Hasbro, but then it's like, oh, then I got to step it up and add a lot more content to it for, the, for yeah. like a, a base release. Whereas this is literally just a fun, cool thing for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing that and then I'm working on a book for Walter Day um, about his trading cards.
1: Oh, really? Wow.
0: Yeah, I've been working on that since 2016 um, and it's already formatted, um, but I didn't want to just do a collector's book of his trading cards. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put in like some substance. So there's a lot of interviews. I got um, Nolan Bushnell interview in there and Tommy Tallarico. Oh, very cool. And um, a lot of who's who, Eugene Jarvis, like who's who in the gaming community. Yeah. And I'm working with a guy, Todd Friedman, who does um, the Video Game Summit in Chicago. He does a small convention out there mm-hmm. Yep. every year. Um, he's yeah, working I, on it. I always go to that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's working on it with me. Um, I was part of uh, when Walter Day was there. A long time ago, like maybe 2012, I was I actually went there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was like a one-room convention back then.
1: Yeah. It's That's coming fun.
0: up in a few weeks, I think. I think so. July sometime, but... because yeah, I think Dan, with an I for his last name, he runs it, and Todd kind of works in tandem with him now. Cool. Um, but yeah, Todd is... You can ask Todd about the book. Like, we've been working on it for a while. It's been kind of slow-world because... I get these big projects in front of me like this. Oh yeah. Game of Gems or the definitive Super Nintendo. And that takes my time. And I do this all in my free time. So it's like, I don't have a whole lot of free time. So, right. (laughs) So it's, it's cool though. Um, so let's see. We, I don't think we've talked about the news stuff that we wanted to talk about yet. Um, both of us, at least I know I am, I'm kind of meh on E3. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, smash brothers, that's, I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge Smash Brothers player, but that's cool for our bar. I like to see people coming in and playing that, so that's kind of exciting that there's a new game coming out for Smash that see, we can like, and stuff. I
0: enjoy Smash, but I'm not like crazy about it. Like I don't, like I'll play with my daughter and we'll have fun with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of like yeah. jumping and kicking and having fun. But it's mm-hmm. definitely a cool game. But I'm excited for the community players that are around here that will come in and play. That that's always super cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really cool aspect of it, and. Like there's a few and and the retro indie games that were announced that none of the YouTube channels are covering because it doesn't get them their SEO. Um but like there was a mm-hmm. lot of little <laughs> indie games that were unveiled that were pretty cool. Um what was it? Um is it Retrobit or is it RetroBit or was it um the guys that do the 8 bito 8 bito posted a bunch of um really cool controller, new controller designs. There's like a Game Boy looking controller. Oh, and awesome. There's a GameCube-looking one, and Nintendo 64-looking retro-style Super Nintendo pads, and
1: stuff looks oh, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen those, yeah.
0: I just think that that looks really cool, and stuff like that's cooler, but then like E3's all about those giant releases, and it's like, everything I saw was kind of like, eh, I don't really care about this. Like, the Samurai right. <laughs> game looked cool that Sony was showing off, but it's like, I don't really care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What's uh, Last of Us 2? Is that the big? Last Wait, of what? Us 2 looks pretty cool. Um, I think that's their biggest game that they're showing off, wasn't it? Uh,
0: yeah, and I think they have the main character now is um, exploring d- her female sexuality,
1: which is cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I cool never, that they're
0: tackling it, that. that stuff.
1: Yeah. I think my favorite thing that i seen from E3, which I actually didn't know it was that three E3 until I watched that Metal Jesus Rocks <laughs> video, was the um, Retron 77, which I'm so oh, yeah. excited about. So, I actually pre-ordered. I pre-ordered it yesterday. So I was a. I'm.
0: I still haven't pre-ordered it yet. Um. I just want to know what the if it supports the Harmony cartridge. So the Harmony cartridge is like an EverDrive for the Atari. Oh, okay. So because I've gotten rid of a lot of my Atari collection, I only ha- I have all the games that I love. But yeah. I don't have every game, and if I'm gonna get an HD version, which that is the one I saw his review, they have an SD card reader on the um, Atari, but it only supports like eight games. To yeah, yeah, I
1: think yeah. it was 18 games. You could put 18 games on there. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So that's kind of a bummer, but I guarantee yeah. somebody will probably hack the back end of it.
1: And, uh, oh yeah, very quickly. Yeah. But I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Retro. I'm probably even left it loose sure. for hackers, but. Sure, they didn't really. But when they're it, selling but... it, they don't want to promote privacy. Yeah, so I get you. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I mean, it's wood grain looking. It has the classic little metal like toggles from the old, um, the old wood grain one. That's the on switch. It's like a little plastic version of that. Um, the controller looks cool as shit. I mean, yeah, yep. I'm going to get one, but I just kind of want to wait because, um, I, Metal Jesus did a review on that too, and um, I think his controller broke while he was <laughs> he has, reviewing yep. it. So, like, I'm gonna wait till they ha- till I know for a fact that I'm getting the new controller. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that's the irony is that, like, people, like, when I was posting this hidden gaming gems, they're like, oh, and they post a picture of Mel Jesus's face. Like, did you say hidden gems? <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it's the thing is, I, I, uh, I've talked to Jason a few times. Um, he's cool, I haven't had a beer with him or anything, like, I haven't hung out with the dude. But um, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I would love to write in your books. He would love to write in Hidden Gaming Gems. But he's super busy with all these videos that he does. Like, he oh, sure. doesn't have the time. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. I just give him the ask. Um, The irony is, is when I released Hidden Treasures, I was going to call it Hidden Gaming Gems. But the European publisher said that wouldn't be a good selling point. Nobody would know what a Hidden Gaming Gem is. So I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> well. It was before Metal Jesus started doing them.
1: Yeah, made it a household term. Uh-huh. Um, Superstar. So that was literally
0: <laughs> my original name is what I was calling it. So it was kind of funny is like now, you know, six years later, I'm actually able to call it what I want to, but it's right. <laughs> it seems like I'm stealing steam, but it's like, no, not really. It's I have yeah. Reggie and Riggs writing in the book. They're picking out a few games and very cool. The cool thing is, is that I'm um, doing every generation, a lot of the backers are going to cover stuff that I don't even know about and in a different way. Like, I think you were talking about you wanted to do like an arcade game or something. Yeah, for sure. Like what was the game you're, you're thinking about reviewing?
1: I don't know. I I wouldn't know at this time. Maybe, maybe it would be quartet. Hoptronics. That's a great. Yeah. (laughs) Hoptronics. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So those are listening. I mentioned hoptronics. He actually, one of the first videos that I watched of, Phillips was um, I think it was one of their original Twinkadias, They were actually released, yeah. It's episode it's one, but. yeah. So they released a version of classic Space Invaders, but it was done with like Hoptronics, which is actually a uh, part of a brewery out in that area where um, that was a beer release they did, and it's really fucking cool. The arcade looks amazing; it looks professionally done.
1: I don't know how the hell yeah. you guys did that. Yeah, I I made that whole game, and then uh, actually the uh, beer distributor did all the printing for us for, like, the side art and the marquee and oh, the shit. control panel because, you know, they wanted to get the, the promotion for the beer. So, but yeah, they printed that all in-house for us at the beer distributor, which was cool. Shit, someday, if I ever get my
0: Hagen's Alley Books freaking store, I might have to get with you to do, like, one of my releases
1: inside of a cabinet. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. it <laughs> would be fucking awesome. I, I mean, I, yeah, that would be great. I love having stuff like that in there, and I just don't have a lot of... Uh, yeah, like the context. But I always thought it'd be cool to have like a you know an indie game that you know of the month or something that stays in the bar and it's just on free play in an arcade cabinet. Yeah, see that's it's not, not, it's not that hard actually. Not hard to wire, wire controls to almost any game really, because you know there's like USB converter to arcade controls that yeah. I use. So it's like I could put any game in a cabinet, honestly.
0: Well, and the thing that's crazy is like you could do. I mean, I've done. Um, I took one of those. When I talked about the warehouse raid, Mm -hmm. um, I took one of those cabinets that was all the electronics inside of it were shot, but I reconverted it into a quote-unquote MAME box, but I didn't put a MAME box in it. I ended up putting a PVM in it and then had it so I could hook up any console to it.
1: Oh, yeah. And then I
0: used an X-Arcade with converters to play the X-Arcade joys tank stick with Mm -hmm. it. And so I ended up I ended up putting an Xbox in it eventually, but for a while I had NES. And think about if you did, like, a an NES arcade cabinet, and then you could rotate the brand-new fucking homebrews through it with, like, marquee and oh, yeah. shit. Yep. Like, that would be awesome. Like, that would be amazing. Or just, like, even a topper. Oh, uh, Play Choice 10 topper of, like, the newest homebrew game you'd put on the mm-hmm. top of the yeah. arcade, so that way you just have your Nintendo arcade. And people, oh, what's this Nintendo thing? And then... Like, you could literally have the newest homebrew in there. Yeah. I mean,
1: I could really just run it off a PC with an emulator. Exactly. And then, a, you know, USB controls and leave it on free play just to have people be able to play something fun in the arcade, but it should do that. There's awesome.
0: an infinite amount of ideas. The thing is, the time to implement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. It's always time. It's always time. That's the, <laughs> that's the craziest thing that... Like, everybody realizes once you start getting into creating anything, which you in the bar is creating as well, is that just the time to do
1: anything is so yeah. limited. Yeah. I feel like I'm always racing time, like, before I die. I gotta do all this cool shit before I die. I just wanna do cool shit before I die. It's like, am I gonna fit it all in? <laughs> but, Well, yeah.
0: you're at least, you can, from my perspective, you are doing some cool shit now. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And the thing is that I like about uh, TwinCadia, and it's the same reason why I do my books, um, is that you are now doing something that can be referenced in the future by future generations. Like you have this content. Um, I highly yeah. recommend, now that you're taking it over to Amazon, you need to put that on DVD or Blu-ray, um, season yeah. one, each season, uh, just because, just it, whether you do a small release or whatever, um, you need to put that on there because, I mean, I've, ha- I've seen small YouTube channels do it that don't have nearly the quality that you do. And you probably have lots of outtakes and stuff. I don't know if you've saved the season one stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I got everything. <laughs> that's
0: what I'm saying. You probably could do a really cool fucking Blu-ray on it. And I had you, a um. You could take that a- to Kickstarter, even that would be more. Yeah.
1: I made a free DVD that I was given away at MGC this year for uh for our trip to MGC the prior year for the 2017. No and shit. I was hand- handing those out this year. That's awesome. But, yep. I want one. <laughs> yeah. Got a-, got a ton left. I'll send you one Hell for sure. Yeah. Um.
0: But yeah, that's it's one of those things that um like cuz once you put it out there on a physical medium, um it'll forever be in somebody's collection.
1: Oh yeah. That's yep.
0: my thought. And that's that's why I like the um that's why I'm going to continue to do the books too is that like if one person gets enjoyment out of it, and that's always my thought. If somebody enjoys it, I'll keep doing them because then it's going to be in their collection and go on forever. And oh, yeah. my books have like gotten crazy. It's Gotten so far out of like hand, which is amazing. It's like so many people are enjoying them, and I appreciate every single person that like supports. And it's like it's crazy now. Went to like people like coming and finding me, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's nuts. Yeah, um, I actually had some people last night. Like we'll talk offline. As like they came over to me, I'm like, holy shit, you found my stuff, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking nuts, man. But yeah, that's I, I highly recommend getting something out there physically. I mean, you're obviously you're doing the vinyl, which is amazing. Mm-hmm, yep. But like your own content with your own face on it, and then you're forever yeah. there. And it's just it's crazy. Um,
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that'll happen eventually. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get some viewers that are into it, so yeah. <laughs>
0: and then when you do your um your ninety minute arcade documentary, that's obviously an easy thing. Oh yeah, that would that's definitely would be geared
1: towards a DVD release. Hell yeah. 100%. But
0: and then um I don't know if you've heard of the documentary The Bits of Yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, I watched that recently. That's yeah, good. so my my ugly yeah. ass
0: mug's in that motherfucker. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> are, no. I'm that's in awesome. that thing. Um and uh, but I think that doing some kind of different take on the collecting community would be
1: cool. Yeah, I think I would be focused on talking to arcade owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Doc Mac and there's other places around here, Pixel Blast, the Garcade. Um I don't know. Exactly. Hope to, i don't know if i could i don't know if i could get people like eugene jarvis and stuff like that that would be amazing but just have to see who who's down but well my first my first fortunately, step to get you're
0: um you're a guest on a podcast where the host knows everybody so yeah yeah did you listen to the newest vgbs yet uh which one that the the uh nba jam episode that no, you just posted no, no. this week all right so when you listen to it the first 20 seconds, you'll you'll hear uh, Eugene Jarvis. So, cool. like, awesome. It was funny because I gave him like, I was like, man, there's nobody that has Smash TV at MGC this year. He's like, well, we can just go to my house. I'm right down the road. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Eugene's crazy. Man, yeah, I, I can that's, definitely that's put some. That's one of some, my, I can one my holy things. grails
1: for the bar Smash TV.
0: Oh, if you get fucking smashed. It's amazing. Love that. Somebody
1: was selling it like maybe five hours away for two grand. It's a pretty oh, pricey no, game, but no, no. But, uh, yeah, I would love to have that. It would be the best game to get.
0: Oh, I would love to play some Smash TV in an the actual arcade. With oh, yeah. Orders where you got to get good at it. That's yeah. the fucking key. Because I could sit there and play Smash TV for... So we did a, a double episode on Smash TV for VGBS. And, um, like, I had played it on Coin Ops And, you know, with infinite coins, you can beat it. But... Yeah, yeah. You don't get that good. Um that's when I got really good at the NES one because you have to get good on it.
1: That's you have the two
0: controllers, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is is people shit on that game and it's like that game's fucking awesome on the mm-hmm. NES. It's a really good port. It's kind of like Contra where you took the Contra arcade and made it a little bit better. Because of the limitations of the NES, the controls on that are actually good. And if you play with two yeah. NES controllers, it's fucking cool. If right, you play with yeah. one NES controller, the game's shit. Like, oh, I'm it's sure. Terrible yeah. with one NES controller, but when mm-hmm. you have two and you can use the, you can play the game the way it's meant to be controlled. It's outstanding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but just hit me up online when you when you're uh, starting to get interviews yeah, for the arcade thing. I mean, I know a lot of people. I can let you know who I know and whatever you're thinking. Because yeah, I think my
1: first step is uh, I'm trying to. Put together, you know, like a five minute trailer type thing, just so I have something to show to arcade owners to, you know, show them that I'm capable of doing this. So yeah, exactly. That's be first,
0: yeah, that would be awesome. And I know you're a, a, definitely capable of getting an awesome ass trailer together. Um, yeah, I think so. Hope I mean, so. hell, even my one artist, uh, Philo Barnhart, he was involved in Dragon's Lair. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He lives in Chicago. Mitchell. That's an easy ass yep. fucking drive for you.
1: Where's Eugene Jarvis? Where he to live?
0: I think he's up in Wisconsin. Like, yeah, I thought he was area.
1: around here somewhere. It's like there's a wealth of people around here, which is which is amazing. Like, I wouldn't have to go too far to get great interviews.
0: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and like, there's tons of opportunity. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to get a, a Walter. I can get you Walter Day too. He'd be an easy one to get a hold of. Oh yeah. And he's out amazing. in that area all the time. So it's just about coordinating. Mm-hmm. And Walter's all about getting on camera anyway, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's in every movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. <is. laughs> so it's kind of like a, a classic. It's just, can't focus it around him, otherwise he'd be like, oh, God, not again. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But actually having him on there, just talking a little bit about arcades, since he ran one back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's classic right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people that I know, too, that run arcades on the East Coast and stuff like that, so be here. definitely interesting to see. Um but yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Um probably wrap this up. I think we're over two now. Um cool. def- Definitely doing this cuz back in the day gamer listens to uh Hagen Books podcast and last week I did like a quick like 30 40 minute uh hidden gaming gems like unveil Kickstarter launch episode. And he's like, "Man, you got to make them longer." So I'm like, "You you you're welcome back in the day gamer. You're welcome."
1: Hey. <laughs> I met him this year at MGC. was a really nice guy. He's really oh, cool. Super cool. He was wearing a, a Pac-Man suit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was, that was Classic. Awesome. <laughs> and, and we did not talk about
0: the Atari VCS yet. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I think there's enough talk about it, and <laughs> there's plenty of talk at the Atari VCS. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, just for me, like comparing that to the Retron 77, Retron 77, I can play every Atari game on it, mm-hmm. and it's affordable. Atari VCS is over 200 bucks, and it's a newer system. Yeah, yeah. And it's, as we talked at E3, all the newer stuff is kind of meh. Atari
1: <laughs> VCS slash Ouya 2.
0: Pretty much. It's going to be some kind of Linux-based system, and yeah. <laughs> we're both going to look at it and go, well, it's hitting my nostalgia itch for style, but the game's... Yeah. like, like Tempest, looks, Tempest 4000 would be cool, but I can play that on Steam. So mm-hmm. yeah, like if yeah. I want to play it, I can play the game. Why do I need a... $200 to $300 box to play. right? Yep, That's the price point that's killer for me. I mean, and they have 2 million backers or 3 million backers or like 3 million dollars, I think. Not yeah. Backers, it's like... But like, they got a lot of support, so I'm, we'll, we'll know if it ends up being cool, and if that much money, if it ends up being something legit, it'll be in stores.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's yeah. just,
0: it's funny how they're attacking like YouTubers talking trash, and it's like,
1: Dude, just yeah.
0: Like you hadn't you you haven't made it until you get people that talk shit about what you're doing on on social media.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's I all know. I see right now on my feed is VCS stuff, like people talking shit about it and yeah. calling it the Coleco Chameleon mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But
0: <laughs> I mean they're literally <laughs> doing some of the same practices where they're yeah, they're yeah. they're simulating play. Um they're yeah. on Indiegogo, so they can do that. Um they're not on Kickstarter. Kickstarter they'd have to have a working prototype. Indiegogo they right, right, don't right. have to. Yeah. Um they're completely fine. I mean, they're not trying... They they posted that all the games running were um, simulated type deal. Just people didn't read that, and then they went crazy and go, oh, they're not playing the real game. It's like, well, they kind of put it in the fine print. Um, <laughs> and they're not intentionally trying to deceive, but they are deceiving a little. Um, but yeah, you really haven't made it until you get some trash talkers. I mean, my first complete SNES, there was a whole Reddit thread to, you know, like... Talking about how they hated the cover and <laughs> really, Nice. yeah. Well, it was also around the same time when um the other NES book came out. Like it was a year after my my NES book came out, and oh yeah, people were a little salty that that there was this other person trying to steal thunder. And I was like, well, I came out before it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like now I'm just doing a Super Nintendo book, and just they didn't like the Super Nintendo man that was on the front of my cover, and. I'm like, well, the guy who did Garbageville Kids did the art. It's still cool. And he's actually on the back of the cover of the book that you have, the Definitive Edition. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, was I the that was the cover. <laughs> and nice. like it had nothing to do with Super Nintendo, whereas my NES one has an awesome collage. And I'm like, Well, I will get a collage.
1: Oh gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And trust me, with the complete genesis, there's gonna be an amazing collage, and I got one um a legend in the in the art business out there. Um nice. He's he's a really cool dude. Um, he's gonna do a, a really cool collaboration piece for the Genesis one. We actually were talking about this last like in the last two days. So um we haven't signed any deals or anything, you know, but still, it's all passion projects at this point. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Man, well, I can't I can't wait to see all the books that you come up with. It's it's gonna be amazing to check all those out. And my kids are gone now, so I can't wait to when we're done here to Lounge around and read the new book I got. The complete SNES is going to be amazing. So hell yeah, man! Yep. Um, so where can people find you so that way you can plug all of your stuff? Oh man, all over the place. Hell find yeah, on Amazon of course, Amazon, TwinCadia, and SideQuest on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Same search will find me on there. Uh, GiganticNoise.com will be is the it's already up. It's the record label there and. We'll have the It'll Do Two soundtrack out very soon. Do you have a pre-order to It'll Do Two yet? No, I'm going to with it probably maybe like next week since it's actually since it's actually in press now. I think I can viably do that. If you have uh, a link or a page, I will
0: definitely put it in the show notes. Um, Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'm gonna put links to all your stuff in the show notes. It'll all be down here. Um, Do you have a YouTube short list yet for like TwinCadia or any of that? It's like YouTube.com/slash TwinCade or. Uh, yeah, that's uh, YouTube.com slash
1: TwinCade, I believe, mm-hmm. or TwinCade. Yeah, I can't remember, but I do have a short, but and not same, for the other one. And, and the same
0: for SideQuest or no?
1: No, for SideQuest I don't. Because I'm going gonna
0: gonna like a... to post links to both the YouTube channels. I'm going to post links to where you can get your stuff on Amazon Prime because awesome. your your new shows, like, people need to go on there and support because it's well done. It looks really cool. It's a little 30-minute Um, Yeah, that way everybody can find you. And then obviously – the main thing they need to go check you out if you're ever in northwest indiana in griffith indiana twin cade it,
1: yeah yeah if you come there come say hi to me and let's talk so and wh- when out. did let's when case. did you open twin cade uh, about 2 years ago so july of yeah. 2016 so i've been of out of july, the so. area that's
0: why i was like man you asked me like hey you know twin cade i'm like i'm fucking from the area and i haven't but i'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. i'm in there for a day and typically it's kyle and i at his house in Munster in a drunk fest and we don't go out we walk oh, nice. over yeah. to casa yeah. you know, casa over there on Ridge Road. Oh yeah, the Mexican Wendy's. He he lives like right behind it. Oh, <laughs> like nice. in the in the yeah. in the condos right behind it. that's where Kyle lives. So we literally just drink fucking tons of margaritas and then like get ridiculous and we recorded a podcast episode this year. Uh very cool. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I'm not far from there I'm, I'm directly I, I look at three Floyds from my window okay. so I'm right behind right behind three Floyds so nice yeah. and and another trivia question too is that VGBS season one um, Kevin that was on there with us our other co-host the guest co-host for the, the season he lives in Munster too right down the road oh man <laughs> yeah. I gotta get hooked up with these people that's so cool I didn't you know. well that's the crazy thing is fun. there's three of you now that I know that have ridiculous NES collections yeah in, yeah in a little one mile radius of each other yeah, like that, it even... souped up and e- picked up every single game in the area. It's like, oh, like Kyle yeah. has been not not actively collecting for many years, but like oh yeah. I know Kevin still is. He does a KWK yeah. box on YouTube. So it's just another smaller YouTube channel, that he does weekly play, let's play some shit.
1: Oh really? What's what's it called again?
0: KWK box, his. He was one. Of, he was our old uh, co-host on BGBS season one really really cool dude um yeah but definitely uh we'll, we'll definitely make sure everybody can check out what you're doing um yeah thanks awesome. for coming on phil it's been freaking fun yeah thank you so much yeah thank you so yeah, much for sure, having sure. me and then we'll uh i'll let you know about when i'm gonna be out the plan is to be out in the region uh for thanksgiving because my wife likes to do a big
1: thanksgiving out there with family very cool thanks. yeah let me know in advance and we'll try to promote it big so sure man Get a lot of people out there but Cool, thanks for the support, man, and uh, let's uh, do some cool shit. Cool, sounds good, thank you.